everyone. This is 372 pages we'll never get back. This is the podcast where occasionally we talk about bad books. <laughs> we being Michael J. Nelson and, of course, Connor. How are you? Connor Lestoka. How are you, Connor? I'm good, Mike. Just got back from a trip to Costco. The pandemonium of, of going to that place just as the doors open. It's, it's like reminds me of those contests they used to do where you could win a trip to Toys R Us and empty out a... You know, all the shelves into your cart as you ran down the aisles. It's like that. Right. Did it Did it look like one of those? Uh, you might not be familiar with them. There were a lot of 80s movies with people sort of wearing furs and riding motorcycles around apocalyptic movies where they would film in an old abandoned power station. I assume that's what Costco's look like now. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's, there were people guys. People with horns on. and Guys Mad named Max Trash. Or... Yeah. They were just yeah. like, you yeah. know, shirtless, shirtless hordes facing off over the where the free sample ladies used to be. Did you uh, at least smack one old lady on a on a lark on a uh, assisted rider vehicle uh, just to uh, you know you got to do that the first like prison. yeah that had nothing to do with the current situation I just you know I kept sure, my, yeah. kept my streak intact yeah. mom you okay <laughs> but uh, yes yeah, so we're yes. Ba- bad books and uh, we um, you what know, just you- up. Explain what you mean by that, because just, you know, people who are not on the Patreon might have no idea. They think that's all we do is talk about bad books. Right. <laughs> well, we've, we've, been, uh, we've been doing other things. To keep busy. To keep busy. So, yeah, if you're not on Patreon, you are missing, I mean, gobs of material. <laughs> How you want to rate that material is up to you, but yeah. the fact that you're, you're missing it cannot be disputed, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've tons of stuff on there. Yeah, we've done illustration-based improv Andy Rooney-offs. I believe you're getting into a, a, a deep discussion of some sort of uh, music that I'm not familiar with. I, I do uh, not- RVW, Rayfon Williams, the king. <laughs> sure. The, the king of the English art song, not to mention the English uh, bucolic symphony. I have like I, I I look at those and then the, when you log into Patreon it also shows you you know so and so decreased their pledge so and so joined and I just keep being like is this going to be the one that finally just triggers the mass exodus from whatever this art song was but that keeps ticking up so people seem to like it well 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 <laughs> look, look at you turning up your nose at RVW and he's bringing in the numbers you've sent me them before. Um, you know, I've sent you them. You've yeah, you've just been like you know, I I unironically enjoy these, and I, I oh yeah yeah no, yeah. I think there was a short time where I was really getting into them, where I'm like, look, I'm going to play them in the car as we drive to record a riff track, yeah. and I don't care what you think. So I had to explain <laughs> myself. That's not something you just whip out and you know, no. that's like suddenly packing a you know a meerschaum pipe in front of you without yeah. explanation. Yeah, but like packing it with like tea and be like, I'm into smoking tea out of this these days. It's like this is. This cannot be something you are doing not for attention. I, I just saw there's a show. I think it's on uh, the Science Network, which I didn't know existed <laughs> sounds, until a few yeah, days ago. Sounds quite fake. And it's about uh, it's called like Handmade or something. And uh, it just made me laugh that this would be something that I would get into. There's a guy who does. He's got his PhD in it, and he does daguerreotypes. Do you know that like tin types? Yeah, like original photos. I guess the old like, photos. And he's like, this is no seriously. Doing these silver plates is the best way to take a picture. Oh my god! And they walk through the process. It is just literally like an hour and a half to get one photo of a woman, <laughs> and her head has to be clamped into a vice as she sits there. He has to polish his uh, mustache, the silver mirror presume. that he does. Yes. 
But in, and he's just deadly serious. And then at the end of it, you know, you have to freeze the silver crystals on the plate with this other chemical. But he does them all with the original things. Wow, at a so cost of two thousand dollars a portrait. I, I, it has to be. I mean, the labor involved. And uh, when he's done, he shows the photo, and it's like, um, yeah, there's probably a filter, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, that's what I'm like. I'm, I've, I've, I'm somewhere between that guy and you. So, okay, uh, all right. Yeah. That's, I'll take it. All but right. <laughs> yeah, but so in the uh, in the mean in the time where we're not posting uh, English art songs and uh, Andy Rooney off, so we're talking about Dan Brown's Digital Fortress, the uh, best-selling author's first book from 1998. About uh, encryption and crypto and '90s tech gadgets, and man, it's it's more fun, I think, and and just as dumb as I hoped. It's a, a it's breath so, of fresh air. So so dumb. <laughs> yeah, but if it, you took, I think, if you took the Mister and mixed it with uh, some, I, I don't know what else you'd mix it with that we've done. But a Tech War, maybe that sort of. Yeah, maybe maybe Mister meets Tech War. I guess is the best description from our little narrow field. But yeah. It is super dumb. Yeah, and it has that feel, too, of... Uh, I mean, maybe it's not that different, but, you know, Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, bestsellers, hit movies, and it, it's sort of like when you uh, when everyone in elementary school, Nirvana's Nevermind came out, and that was really, like, sort of a polished, radio-friendly album, and you had to go back and sort of try to try to get into Bleach and Incesticide, which were, you know, raw uh, more you know demoy kind of feel and that was it it has that to me it's that rawer but in a in a in a dumber sort of raw way so i haven't read the the his other novels so you're saying that uh he he really polishes off this technique. Well, I don't know about the technique but at least you know they they were they were page turners and the the uh, you know maybe it was just the fact that they were about art as opposed to you know crypto which is less of a, uh, I think, appealing topic. You know, hidden messages in Da Vinci books, they still do stuff about that, like specials on the Science Channel, I bet. But Right, I, mean, I, I guess. Think... I mean, these are page turners in the sense that you obviously are forced to turn the page because there's three lines on yes, a page. right, yeah. So I, I, that is the literal definition of it. We have to. But um, yeah, how many chapters did we do this time? Like I think we 14? covered 11, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe more than that. No, no, you're right. We did. We covered 14, 23 through 36. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of them don't have a, a ton. Like you said, they are they are literally one or one and a half pages. But it starts off with, uh, in my opinion, chapter 23 had had two, two and a half of the best pages that we've ever read on this book. I think, uh, yes, on this podcast. This is, uh, I mean, you hate to say that right up front is the good stuff. It because is. I think later you get some good stuff, too. So, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Don't yeah, tune keep out. with us. We do have all the departments. We have uh, dumb sentences. We have a, a very challenging fanfic or reel, and we have uh, emails from people. So yeah, yeah. So stay with there's us. There's a lot of good stuff, and the chapters that follow. I mean, we'll only pick out the good stuff. So right. I mean, chapter thirty three and thirty six have some good stuff too. Right. Good. No, thirty five <laughs> does too. We got the German. Sorry, sorry, I'm giving away stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, chapter. Well, well we, obviously, the stuff we're talking about is is a character named uh, Greg Hale. But chapter twenty three does start with I thought just a uh, an opportunity for a a a, a joke. So I'm going to read it. But uh, <laughs> all right, uh, we, we talked about the weird food on this, and boy, do yes. we get some more. We get some more. But this was the first thing, and it's not super weird, but it just is needlessly specific. Susan sat alone in the plush surroundings of Node Three. She nursed a lemon mist herb tea and awaited the return of her tracer. As senior cryptographer, Susan enjoyed the terminal with the best view. 
I I thought that anyone with a view of Susan's terminal would be the best view. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's I, sipping I sometimes that. say to myself, what will uh what would be the first note that Connor? I just, you know, I just don't want to have everything overlap. But when you get, she nursed a lemon mist herb tea. Yes, the, it's hard not to make that the first note that comes to mind. Yeah, it's reminiscent of. Uh, I mean, you know, so that's not super weird, but that's not a combination of words to describe a tea I've ever heard. But it is uh, in the room. Uh, Tommy and and Mark go to a coffee shop, and I just remember Greg orders a a, a medium mint tea, which yes. <laughs> was a very, just a very weirdly specific well as we said it's just unforced errors suddenly my mind is going is there a thing called a lemon (laughs) mist tea that is not a brand name right a thing yeah i I just walk up to any you know a a person a woman of a certain age maybe maybe it's only a woman i don't know yeah have you ever heard of a lemon mist herb tea? No. For the record, Bridget has never heard of one. So Okay, good. Yeah, I would expect yeah. that to be that order to be followed by get out of our coffee shop. Yes. I mean, <laughs> the words, again, make a certain amount of sense. I understand what you might be describing, mm-hmm. but it's not a thing. Right. <laughs> um, but that is all, you know, that all quickly uh, becomes very normal as we get the uh, the introduction of, I mean, probably the most consecutive like sections out loud that I've ever uh, read on the podcast. Uh, searching for lemon mist herb tea. Oh, there is one. Celestial Seasonings Copyright Encyclopedia. It was copyrighted in 1976. All the other uh, references to it are from Digital Fortress by Dan Brown. All right. Perfect. Yes. Um, but so, yeah. So Greg Hale is introduced. And we met Greg Hale because uh, we read a fanfic about him. But now we get the full introduction to his character. And I do not believe you would have identified any of these uh, following passages as real if we had um, posed them as potential fanfic. Yeah. Go, I mean, give, give them yeah. the full uh, hail because so, this is amazing. So Greg enters. Greg Hale was tall and muscular with thick blonde hair and a deep cleft chin. Okay, tall and muscular. He was loud, thick-fleshed, and perpetually overdressed. So that's our second thick-fleshed. The third was describing uh, Commander Strathmore. Mm-hmm. His... I, I, okay, well, I'll just keep reading. His fellow cryptographers had nicknamed him Halite after, <laughs> after the mineral. Hale had always assumed it referred to some rare gem paralleling his unrivaled intellect and rock-hard physique. Had his ego permitted him to consult an encyclopedia, he would have discovered it was nothing more than the salty residue left behind when oceans dried up. Boom. Those other programmers got his ass. Imagine as he left... The uh, the break room as they're snickering over their coffee. See you later, <laughs> Halite. Like, uh-huh. hey, my name's Hale, and uh, that's some sort of. I assume that's a precious mineral. Thanks, guys. Can't wait to see you at the you know pink rhino later on. Right, and then you know closes the door. <laughs> oh, what a dipshit! He still thinks it's referring to his rock hard physique. <laughs> so every time a new programmer comes in, do they explain to him, hey, we call we call him Halite. Um, well, why? Well, because um, Halite's a mineral. Hale. Yeah, well, right. Well, First of all. Halite is another pronunciation, although it's very less common than Halite. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's based on the first three letters. And get this, it refers to a salty residue left behind when oceans dried up. <laughs> Boy, uh, I have aired by... <laughs> you got him, man. <laughs> I have to say... I read the description, and then well, then it gets to uh, 
it gets down a little bit. So he hasn't committed his, we know it from fan fiction, but he hasn't been a super pig yet. He's yeah. just who he is, right? And by by the time it got to this part, I was like, I don't know, man. I like this Hale character. <laughs> his vanity plate read Megabyte and was framed in violet neon. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a baller. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, so that was the, the biggest version of a bite probably in 1998. And that vanity plate is uh, displayed on his white lotus yes that has a moonroof and a deafening subwoofer system he was a gadget junkie and his car was his showpiece he's installed how many of these do you have in your car global positioning computer system mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> voice activated door locks uh impossible to, to ascertain why you would need that or ever use it other than to show it to people who would not be impressed yeah, that is not a thing. It's not desirable. <laughs> there, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, Five-point radar jammer. Um, so that's one more than a four-point radar jammer. And a cellular fax slash phone. So he'd never be out of touch with his messaging services. So mobile fax machine, the height of 1998 technology. Yep. It's All amazing. Right, so people who haven't read the book, you now... So we've read these things about... Uh, uh, Halite, as we call him. <laughs> now, um, let's put in another piece. What What do you think, like, what's his background? Uh, where, where, do you, where do you think Halite came? This a total, I mean, obviously, fraternity, complete and bro. utter douchebag. Yeah. Uh, you know, pleated pants, uh, uh, business shirt with a collar pin with a different colored collar. Yes. Uh, uh, earpiece, mo- if those had been invented. Earpiece, yeah, Bluetooth. moose, moose hair. Um Alligator uh, shoes, Ferragamo or something. Yeah. So, yeah, fraternity bro who then maybe went on to, you know, uh, work at his dad's firm right out of, you know, right, college right. He, type of thing. Yeah. Had a, um, obviously had an expense account or a, uh, you know. Trust from, fund. Trust fund from his, a trust fund kid. Yeah. Uh, given everything. No. <laughs> U.S. Marine. <laughs> this is he's a marine Uh he's he served his country baby what his plate does his plate says megabyte (laughs) maybe then then he's got his yeah his semper fi bumper sticker next to that because maybe that was already taken oh he's got his uh, parade dress sword in the back of his lotus you know at the window (laughs) like what he's a marine well well uh ex-marine because That's we, true. That's we, true. we do learn that. So he learned to program in the Marines. He was one of the best programmers the Marines had ever seen and well on his way to a distinguished military career. But two days before the completion of his third tour of duty, so he did see combat action, his future suddenly changed. Hale accidentally killed a fellow Marine. <laughs> not in the, not, you know, not like, uh, you know, uh, Pat Tillman or something, uh, line of duty, f- friendly fire. In a drunken brawl, the Korean art of self-defense, Taekwondo, proved more deadly than defensive. He was promptly relieved of his duty. So, so, so he murdered Hale, somebody. Yes. Hale he, is a, a two-page or three-page cartoon done by Napoleon Dynamite in his loose-leaf <laughs> <yeah>. notebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> the need to refer to it as the Korean... We, are, we have all heard of Taekwondo. It is, <laughs> it is, you know, it was instilled into every person who went through the 80s. Uh, but then his, uh, he gets... Uh, this is breezed over. Yeah. After serving a brief prison term... <laughs> 
for and then the for, description for murder. of him, the, yeah, for murder. the narrator calls him Halite. Then began looking oh. <laughs> for work. <laughs> yeah. So a little diss, a little cuff in the back of the head by the uh, the uh, omniscient narrator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he begins looking for work in the private sector as a programmer. He was always upfront about the incident. In the Marines, the murder, the murder of a fellow Marine, and he courted prospective employers by offering a month's work without pay to prove his worth. So, what do you, how do you expect that that played out? Like he when he when he brings up at the job interview, hey hey, I you know I know that there's some incidents in my past. Um, I, I I murdered somebody uh, drunkenly, murdered uh, a fellow Marine too uh, who was serving his country. But I I would be willing to a a take uh, a couple weeks unpaid, um, it, just to make everyone more comfortable. Uh, and there, at this point, sir, there are two security guards right behind you. If you could just follow them out of the building without incident. I'll make it a whole all, month of unpaid leave. I, I am quite empty. good at programming. Uh, uh, you would they think. They are cuffing you to the chain that they have between them, and you yes. are being let out of the Yeah, my, my grandfather served in World War II as a Marine. You were an utter disgrace, and your commuting of your sentence is a dark chapter on our country's history. Uh, he had no shortage of takers. <laughs> and once they found out what he could do with the com- uh, computer, they never wanted to let him go. Uh, all right, I'm I'm looking at your file here. I'm seeing a dishonorable discharge. Hmm. All right, let yeah. me flip backwards. Yeah. But you know, I did my time. I paid my debt. Uh, oh, a brief prison term. Yeah, right. they, it let, was t- ten days. So I, you let know, let me it's, flip I, another page back. I've, Murdered a man <laughs> in a drunken brawl. <laughs> Oh, I'm one of your takers, sir. (laughs) Yeah, so is the drunken brawl part, is that worse than if he had just, like, you know, slept in and, you know, snuck snuck in and, you know, a blanket party gone wrong or uh, just had a, you know, had premeditated it? I I don't know. I think it's, you know, he's he's more of a wild card. He's less predictable for an office environment. I I mean, I've got a guy in my uh, HR department who beat a guy to death with a bag of oranges, but that was, you know, part of a ritual. I mean, (laughs) he was sober. Right, yes. Exactly. We know what to expect of him. Like, yes. oh man, I takes orders. I mean, you know, I just wrote hook it to my veins at this point of time. <laughs> it's just like of all the unforced errors, you know, like he, he, he killed the guy in self-defense who was, you know, harassing a fellow Marine or something, you know, or a friendly fire incident. It would just be like. Uh, at least he's he has honor or something. Yes. But so we get that far and it just. It goes up from there. <laughs> As his computer expertise grew, Hale began making internet connections all over the world. Ooh. <laughs> he was one of the new breed of cyber freaks. <laughs> that was a new term to me. I did not look it up. But yeah, I, that's I, sort of a, a one, one part of it from column A, one from column B. Let's go cyber and uh, I don't know what. Uh, freak, sure. Yeah. And so he has email friends in every nation. So he's basically a, a ham radio operator they're trying to make sexy or something. Yeah. Moving moving in and out of seedy electronic <laughs> bulletin boards and, get this, European chat groups. <laughs> imagine. Can you imagine something such as a European chat group? <laughs> and then this is the, the key. Why don't, do you have the next sentence there? Of course. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. He'd been fired by two different employers for using their business accounts to upload pornographic photos to some of his friends. <laughs> that fool, fool that me is twice. a masterpiece of a sentence. <laughs> so he's 
He's in the office. Uh, you know, he's he's working his first month for free because of his uh, drunken murder of a marine, and he just decides to fire up uh, the office business accounts uh, to some of these European. Uh, internet friends uh, in the ch- in the ch- in the chat room and send them some pornography, and he does it uh, after getting fired once. Decides it's a good idea to try it again, <laughs> and, and and these are his friends, and so his friends are going like, "Man, you you are barely holding on to your job. Would you stop?" Yeah, really, man. We're like, are you are you are you drinking on the job when you're doing this? We're super concerned. Like we we're you know we're we're, we're cyber freaks just like you. If we want this, it's very easy. I mean, we're in a European, European chat group, chat and I find yes. this shocking. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, we're on CD electronic bulletin boards. This is, it's readily accessible. Please don't endanger yourself anymore, Halite. I, uh, I may have stated this before, that I, I had a friend who ran a, a, a business, a very successful business, and there was a guy who was paid a ton of money who would just open up pornography at work on his computer. <laughs> and he came out and said, like, I obviously I could fire you today. Uh-huh. And then he had him, you know, sat him in his office and said, I know your situation. I know what you're... <laughs> what I, I, situation? I, well, he just was talking about his kids and his, you know, like he knew his family. Oh, right. He depend, people depended on him. He had, right. Yeah. And like what you're doing I'm is, giving you a break because of that. Got yes. It. it is going to destroy the lives of you and your family because you will never get a job again. Right. Uh, and, you know, hangs his head, leaves the office, goes, sits down, opens up pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Like watched him destroy his own life in front of him. It just, um, I mean, <laughs> so grimly funny and astonishing. Like, no, no, you don't wait till next week, right? Exactly. Yeah, he just his his at, during the meeting, his arm just starts reaching for the mouse. Like Bob, Bob. <laughs> no. I, yes. Oh man. Uh, Have I told so, the story about my my, my uh, a family member who told me about someone who was fired for what they described as uh, compulsive behavior? No. Oh yeah, he I was like fired compulsive for compulsive behavior is a good euphemism. Let's it was. A, it, well, he would just he said. Uh, I mean, he was. I don't know if he was. He wasn't fired. He wasn't fired. But he. I think there was a you know you know a separation or something like that. And uh, that was. Um, I think I must have been in middle school or high school, and that was how he. He described it to me, you know, like we're not going to be seeing um, they're not together anymore because of, you know, some some sort of incident and uh, maybe like, you know, substance abuse and compulsive behavior. And only only much later did I realize that there was only one thing you would do to cage <laughs> to cage under compulsive behavior. It would not be gambling because, right. uh, of course, you tell that to a 15 year old. It was obviously, obviously some sort of sex addiction. <laughs> right. <laughs> compulsive behavior. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, but speaking of compulsive behavior, yep, Greg has some odd compu- besides the one we just described. Oh yes. my god! So yeah, so after all that, he's hired by the NSA. He is a uh, you know he the the government agency who um, I've, I've filled out background uh, requests, uh, background checks for friends, you know, guys I lived with in college from yep. just you know trying to get jobs in you know the judicial system, let alone the FBI or CIA or NSA, where I, I'm pretty sure. You know, while we were still in college, you know, smoking weed was enough to disqualify you. Yeah, let, I've had, let alone I've had murdering to, a marine. Yes, I've had to interview with people who are doing. You know, where they send the two guys. They're like, "Will you, uh, will you allow two people to come into your home and do a short interview?" I'm like, well, if it helps my friend get this job, and, right. and man, those are those are intense. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, my, and my friend was like, just, you just got to be honest. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even about that one night? Wow. Okay. Uh, so this guy wanders around. I'm trying <laughs> to think what movie character we're supposed to think of here, Man. but the most arrogant, obnoxious, oily, lugubrious, greasy, uh, lubricious. Just absolutely slimy piece of garbage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gordon Gecko, but even more like ugh, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> American Psycho guy combined with the uh, O Face guy from Office Space, kind of. Right. It's just like every yeah gross a, thing. And um, somehow, yeah, he he walks in, he makes a point out of ogling Susan's legs stretched out beneath her terminal, um, and it says that Susan had gotten used to Hale hitting on her. His right. favorite line was something about interfacing to check the compatibility of their hardware. That's his favorite line. He's <laughs> he's trotted that out more than once. Um, it turned Susan's stomach. She was too proud to complain to Strathmore about Hale. It was far easier just to ignore him. And I was just like, she's she has the guy's ear. He's her he's her her guardian. Her, she's her his favorite pupil. If she said, "Hey, you know the guy that murdered someone? He's he's really creepy." It would be like, "Get him out of here!" Right. <laughs> That guy is on thin ice. We're not yeah. even paying him. Why? Right. Yes. <laughs> so then here, here's more of his behavior. Hale Don't. approached the Node 3 pantry and pulled open the lattice doors like a bull. <laughs> lattice doors inside the high-tech? Whatever. Sure. Okay. Bulls he, known for opening, um, you know, cupboards? I don't know. Bulls. Notoriously terrible. At uh, I've seen that Bugs Bunny cartoon where he fights sure. the bull. Yeah, he was always <laughs> opening lattice doors. Uh, he slid a Tupperware container of tofu out of the fridge and popped a few pieces of the gelatinous white substance <laughs> in his mouth. <laughs> All right, we've reached top insanity, obviously, it's, right? Oh, yeah. It can't 100%. get any more insane. That would be wild if it did, no. Uh, he chuckled to himself. I'm just skipping ahead and put away his tofu. Okay, good. That sure, is good. over. It's that, a weird thing to snack on, but that you know, thing I, is behind I us. I enjoy eating it. You know, in a, you know Thai food or something. Then he grabbed a quart of virgin olive oil <laughs> and took a few swigs. <laughs> All right, Dan Brown. What in the name of hell are you doing here? <laughs> it's it's so amazing. <laughs> Because he was what a health fiend this? and claimed olive oil cleaned out his lower intestine. When he wasn't pushing carrot juice on the rest of the staff, he was preaching the virtues of high colonics. Oh, so in, worse than the murders, in my mind, uh, is, is going around <laughs> you know, pushing olive juice to clean out your colonic for you. So oh, Amazing. Now, now look, we, you probably have done this. You've been, done olive oil tastings. Sure. There's, I mean, you know, olive oil has a... Uh, very, you know, they're all they're all different. It's not like it's you know, yeah, it's fun. But you take and I've done them many times. I I have a lot of olive oil. I love. I just got a bottle today in the mail of a fresh of a fresh olive oil. Tune into you, Quarantine Mini for the uh, explanation of this. I'm sure. <laughs> of course, there's, there's not going to be anything else to talk about. Uh, but no, you take a tiny. A tiny, tiny bit, and you pour it in a little shot glass, and you know, you know, you smell it. And I, I admit it's obnoxious if you're not initiated. And a lot of people say, "I don't want to," you know, "I don't want to sip olive oil." That seems odd to me. Sure, which I, that's fine. I get you it. You could dip like a crostini in it. Sure, or, sure. You, know. you serve a little bread. You can pour it over the bread. Whatever. 
Swigging a couple gulps of <laughs> olive oil. This is nothing ever done by any human in the history of mankind. It's so, incredible. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like the uh, Sunny D ad or something like purple stuff. <laughs> Sunny D, oh, olive oil. Give me some of that. I don't know. It has to be based on some one he knew or something he, a rumor or something. Because otherwise, yeah, not recognizable human behavior. Much more relatable to get drunk and kill someone in a bar. Right. Now we now we know who he is. But yeah, again, an unforced error of what is that trait? You know, where he's just trying to describe the slimy guy who's like, look at this baby over here. All right, right. sweetheart, let's hook up. I'm a slime ball. And then he reaches over and like swigs, a, you know, a mint julep. Like, what? What? What, what is that? I don't know. Is he a Kentucky colonel? Like, all of a sudden right. he's just drinking olive oil. Like, you yeah. just... Er, you know, record scratch. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's sort of mixing up the, you know, uh, 80s health nut, you know, from California stereotypes combined with the Wall Street guy stereotypes. He also reeks of cologne, by the way, which I'm suspicious of, you know, that might be maybe coming back. I think she might, you know, detect the cologne before she sees him about to do something bad or something. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I think, you know, if if this were a trait that Owen Wilson had in like one of the Meet the Fokker sequels or something like yeah, I've started, you know, I've, I've swigging this olive oil, man. It's really, you, you'd go, that is bizarre, but yeah, it's, off-putting, you know, but strange. obviously intentionally so. Yes. Oh, man. So, yeah, it, it, it ends with this, uh, um, this uh, understatement of the year. She's, like, wondering why he's there, but she's also nervous that he might wonder why she's there. Hale would demand to know the truth. The truth was something Susan had no intention of telling him. She did not trust Greg Hale. No, no shit. You don't say. How about that? It's incredible. What? Um, you don't trust me. I just swigged olive oil in front of you. I opened cabinets like a bull, and I sexually assaulted you. Or, you know, like, yeah. What? You, you don't talk trust about me? interfacing with your hardware. I... Oh man, I'm not even drunk. I'm probably not going to kill you in a brawl. Come on, it's me, Halite, named after I presume a rare gem. <laughs> Let's take my lotus later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just getting a fax. I got to go get in my car. And uh, oh, it was a damn it, a takeout menu. Oh, it's amazing. My favorite character. Stunning, stunning, stunning. It. You know, when we did the little piece of fanfic, you're kind of like, well, this obviously. He's going to write this ship. You know, there's no way this guy is this bad. <laughs> yeah, you could not <laughs> it's just doubles, triples, quadruples down. I wish, you know, I, I wish uh, drinking olive oil had been part of the fanfic or something like that. If we had, you know, if we can, since we established the rare, the weird food so early. Yeah. That would have been. Man. Uh, but then we get some, some, some stuff about how he came to work at them called the Skipjack fiasco. The NSA was going to release uh, code that Congress had approved. And a few days from when they were doing it, uh, Greg Hale, who was working in the private sector, determined that Strathmore had snuck in some backdoor code that was going to give the NSA unlimited encryption or some, you know, some garbage like that. It's covered in about a page. Uh, and we get uh, the, the EFF is outraged. The public is outraged. Uh, they're both portrayed as the bad guys. And uh, Strathmore uh, argues that the public's craving for privacy would come back to haunt them. <laughs> but... Um, that's sort of how he came to work there. It was one of those, oh, you cracked our code. We've got to snatch you up. You, you know, you're, my enemy is now my best asset type of thing. It's a, uh, it's a weird thing. I, you, we're starting to get a little focus on what exactly Dan Brown thinks of the freedom of information and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's privacy because 
Here it says the EFF descended on the scandal like vultures. Yes. <laughs> ripping Congress to shreds for their naivete and proclaiming the NSA the biggest threat to the free world since Hitler. <laughs> it's, well, it's like am, am I missing something? They're not right I I you know Hitler always is, you know. Right. Okay, fine, but were they not right though? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, they're 100% right. I mean the yeah, the EFF is like the uh Virtual, yeah, it's like the virtual ACLU or something, and he just, yeah, just calling them vultures is like Mr. Burns being like, ah, the public safety inspector. Is there any bigger vulture on you know the, yes. the upstanding business owner than? It is bizarre stance in this. In the next few chapters, is the NSA must have the ability to spy on every single human on Earth. Uh, anything counter to that is a shocking scandal and will destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that is just, that's like, it's the crux the of the baseline. Plot. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, I guess it's sort of his, his, you know, I guess what he's going for is the, you know, what would you do? You know, can you torture a guy if he's got the key to the bomb that's about to type of thing? Um, but he's his his main thing is that they should be able to supply, spy on anyone without a warrant anytime they want to. Yes, all people at all times and anything less than that baseline is an uh, the ultimate tragedy. <laughs> and that is the the MacGuffin of the whole thing, right? We have to the NSA must be able to spy on all people at all times otherwise death. Yes, I guess and, so. <laughs> it's it's sort of a weird issue because it does it seems like it's the type of issue that you could have a Venn diagram of agreement on from, you know, different political spectrums. Right. It's, it's like it's unconstitutional. <laughs> The fact that he just that makes that the crux of it, it just seems, again, an unforced error like swigging olive oil. Like, yeah, there are other things to say. Unforced error like he he beat up a fellow Marine in a drunken brawl so that he wouldn't you know have to go to jail. He'd just be dishonorably discharged, have to explain it and not be a convicted murderer. Right. Like, well, <laughs> why not do that? It's so stupid. Oh, uh, well, that's chapter, that's, the amazing yeah, chapter that's 23. I, yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I, I finished those pages and we're like, I don't I don't think it's ever been topped. Like, uh, you know, maybe the, the thing where Wade Watts talked about the books he read or something, right. the movies he watched. But yes. man, um, yeah, well, that it moves on to chapter 24 and it uh, it sort of goes to uh, back to David. I guess in Spain. I, yep, David in Spain. Who you know, he went to the hospital. He learned about Dewdrop. Oh man, yeah, he's, he has a lot of issues with this. He's for whatever reason. I mean, I guess it could be protesting too much. But if I was like, hey, I, you know, I think this uh, this this stripper I met last night really likes me. Her name is uh, her name is Sapphire. You wouldn't be like Sapphire. What? The, that's ridiculous. That is. What? That's just an absurd name. I, I'm, uh, he's hung up on this. He's he's told that the the prostitute's name is Dewdrop, and he can't get over this. Yeah, uh, it's that's like if a spy or someone who was extorting people was named North Dakota. I mean, yeah, it makes it's, it's, it's no sense it's at not, all. What parent would give this? I, I need to sit down. I, there's, he a, writes, there's a wrestler named The Rock. I mean, who, who <laughs> names someone The Rock? I, I don't get it. it. But I mean, this is not an exaggeration. It says the delirious Clouchard had recalled the escort's name as Dewdrop. Becker cringed. Dewdrop? It sounded more like a cow than a beautiful girl. Not a good Catholic name at all. 
Clouchard must have been mistaken. What on earth? And like a cow, like you could do draw. I mean, it sounds like a fairy, maybe like, but like dewy innocence. That's like fresh as the morning dew. Like it's it's not super sexy, but like it'll it you get yes. what they're going for. Teehee, a pinky yes. mouth. I'm, right. a, I'm a little dewdrop. Right, yeah. German tourist. It's hilarious. Uh, but before we get to his uh, that, I here's a paragraph that really caught my attention because you know we're obsessed with the. The time, another unforced error. Why are why are authors telling us like how long someone did something? Okay. Why do you just leave it alone? We can imagine the time that it takes for someone to make a phone call. Sure. So here it is. Yeah. He just called Strathmore and told him about the German tourist. The news had not been received well. <laughs> After demanding the specifics, Strathmore had fallen silent for a long time. <laughs> David. He had finally said very gravely, finding that ring is a matter of national security. I'm leaving it in your hands. Don't fail me. The phone had gone dead. So <laughs> that just struck me as odd. Like, that's not the way things play out in real life. So, no. So I dove uh, into uh, the dark web. Oh, all right. 2.1. That's not the one. I don't think you have access to that. I didn't give you... Unless yeah. you took my password. No, you won't share the account with me because you say I should pay for my own. It's like, you know, I, people share these accounts all the time. I use my parents' yeah, HBO. Yeah, well, I, I, I use my brother's Washington Post. That's true, yeah. But, you know, so. Someday, maybe. <laughs> once once I once you gain my trust. Brother. Uh, but I wasn't able to find anything. So what I did is that um, I, I, can... I, I wrote a sketch about it and then I sent it to you and then we recorded it on uh, what on tape yeah no no yeah so there must have been something on the dark web no there's nothing nothing there it didn't but why would we go to that trouble that's i I don't i don't know well it seems like it would be sort of embarrassing there's gonna be an after action report after all of this but that's that's what happened (sighs) okay Wow, you don't remember this? No, well, I mean, it seems I, like it just happened. I think you're having issues searching dark web 2.1. I think that you should let me on there. You're all probably right. still like putting in like and uh, even though it has to include all the terms. You, I don't know. Hang on, let me grab my olive oil and we can discuss this for fine. <laughs> How's that going down? Oh boy, my colon is feeling good. Um. Anyway, so here's what I think is a, a sketch that Connor and I did. I, Interesting. I'm, I'm getting conflicting information, but Eager let's, let's play it and see if it's true. Okay. <laughs> Strathmore, there's a German tourist. <sighs> German tourist. I'm not receiving that well. Uh, I demand the specifics. Do, do, do you want the specifics? Hello? Maybe I stepped out of coverage. Spain is known for the... No, uh, hmm. I see full bars of coverage. So... Huh. Seems like you've... Fallen silent for for a long time. But the connection is huh still whoa, it's very much active. 
And I, I, I do hear you breathing. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, frankly, I'm somewhat at a loss. I mean, brother, how how long should I just hang on the phone here? I, I, I'm, I'm, I must confess, this is getting pretty weird. I, David. So you are there. Finding that ring is a matter of national security. Uh huh. Yeah, no new information there, but thanks. I'm leaving it in your hands. Yeah, well, I'm the only one you sent, so that makes. Don't fail me. Okay, just don't let the phone go dead. God, son of a bitch. The phone went dead. Oh, damn it, Spain. Now I'm going to have to douse my head in a fountain. So, yeah, I don't oh, know. Wow. I, leave it, I leave it to the listeners. I, 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 I don't think I got that off the dark no. web 2.1. I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think we should leave it to those guys. I mean, yeah, I don't know why they keep posting them to the dark web as opposed to normal web, but there's clearly forces out there that they're afraid of, and I'm worried we may have exposed ourselves. Do you think I, that this is a, a push-op by the NSA? They very well could be, and we know the dangerous lunatics that they employ in high-level right. positions. So This is high-level psyops, man. Well done, NSA. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, so he's looking for Dewdrop, even though he can't believe anyone could be out there with a, that kind of name. Uh, but he, he calls up, he starts calling up the escort services, and he's like saying, um, hey, you know, he, he puts on, he employs his language skills to say, uh, I am German, and I want the you know to the the same prostitute my brother had. And uh, he says, "My brother Klaus, he has a girl, very beautiful, red hair. I want same for tomorrow, please." So he's, which is a weird, you know, that's just a weird yeah. request, even if it was real. <laughs> yeah, um, but he, but he, uh, I love the uh, the technique of this chapter too. Is uh, uh, not chapter two of this chapter as well of him calling up different ones. And then the chapter has the little break in it. And like, well, strike one. Couldn't <laughs> find the escort. And then he dialed. <laughs> like, okay. Can you just condense this down into Yeah. He couldn't find the yeah, after striking out with the first two, he was about to try. This is my last one. Oh well. But But also the the description of so it's all illegal here and they're all going like oh stars and garters there yes. are no escorts here <laughs> what you are looking for is a prostitute the word slid off his tongue like a vile disease <laughs> which i guess if they're having to keep up a ruse like you would probably would probably employ that but uh yes uh, but uh, i i love that we're we're predisposed to be repelled by this character who hired dewdrop dewdrop yeah. what is that <laughs> Uh, but yes he is very fat yeah i fat and lonely too i want to lie with her (laughs) so uh i think we're going to get a very subtle representation of a german tourist is coming up uh, oh yeah he's he's just got his uh suitcase full of sour broughton and uh his uh, later hose and, and uh, his weird candies. We're, right. we're, we're all set. <laughs> uh, but we did. We, and then it ends with a little bit of world building. Uh, despite the traffic, the sweet set of sweet scent of Seville oranges hung all around him. Yes. It was twilight, the most romantic hour. And he thought of Susan. 
So, <laughs> so there's a second detail. Of, well, third detail. Seville has uh, crippling heat from the sun. It has uh, the building where they shot a scene in Lawrence of Arabia, and there's scents of oranges everywhere in the uh, air around him. Yep. And he's looking for a fat German. <laughs> and uh, a couple of people wrote this in. We can discuss it further in the email section. But they pointed out that uh, Dan Brown uh, spent a semester abroad in Seville in college. <laughs> don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, this is all he picked up on as he was obviously, you know, partying at the uh, other American bars and uh, writing home to his other friends about how cheap it was to get beer and stuff. Uh, and then he was like, uh, yeah, and it smells like oranges. All uh, right. He, off to he, get drunk. He was doing, uh, you know, gross hand gestures and sticking out his tongue at the equivalent of senior frogs. And uh, right, yes. <laughs> man, smelled like oranges. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the end of chapter twenty four, as far as I'm concerned. We got nothing else. Chapter twenty five, pretty slim. Pretty slim. We learned that the mystery man in wireworm glasses goes in and kills Clouchard, the French uh, Canadian travel writer. So. I was puzzled because at the end of the last time we saw him, he was sort of doing the oh, I'm fading fast, lights are going out, but it just that was just actually caused by his broken wrist or something. He was actually sleeping. Yeah, yeah, it's very puzzling. Yeah. No one had slipped him a you know he didn't see a the man in wire room glasses leaving then after he had poisoned it, but he he goes and and kills him now. Yep, does the old uh, syringe of what is it? Uh, just cleaning fluid or something? Huh. Is that real? Yeah, 30 cc's of cleaning fluid stolen from a janitor's cart. Wow. And so we get this little thing. He's got these glasses that record <laughs> yes. things. So he's got the Google Glass, right? Yeah, yeah, he had a prototype. And here, here's, what it, here's how it was developed. Developed by the U.S. Navy to help technicians record battery voltages <laughs> in cramped quarters and submarines, the miniature computer packed a cellular modem and the newest advances in microtechnology. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to record battery voltages on a submarine. Hand me that thing. I'm, wait a minute. <laughs> Do you think I could strap this to a pair of glasses, then send messages about my assassinations via my fingertips? <laughs> I, I don't see why not. Yeah. Oh, that technology will never work until we develop an appropriately sized portable cellular modem. Damn it. <laughs> battery voltages on submarines. <laughs> I mean, that has to be a tiny pen-sized thing. Oh yeah, I mean, and like you know, are you are you doing this a lot? Like you know, is that a, a is that someone's full-time job? If so, you probably if not, you probably don't need to develop this uh, you know eight million dollar technology to do it. Yes, but I, I love the hand wave of the uh, uh, newest so advances. It was, it was that, and then the newest advances. <laughs> yada yada yada. <laughs> yeah, I can't be forced to make up all this stuff. Come on. But yeah, he sort of it works by him tapping his thumb to his fingers in various patterns. So they've yes. developed a whole new language for this. It's uh, so, so he, guys in battery rooms on submarines are, are tapping their fingers and looking through their monocles. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he. I think the way Google Glass worked was by sort of just like looking up and down, like Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it is funny to. You know, be able to invent any bullshit technology, but then he just invents this incredibly complicated, impractical one to actually be able to control it. You know, a series of blinks could send yeah. any message. Like, you know, why not make it tele telepathic? Oh, uh, but also the explanation. It could have been anything developed by a, an insane genius from Hungary who was exactly. trying to 
get uh, you know, people without sight to be able to see, you know, like <laughs> submarine battery voltages. <laughs> oh, I wonder if there's anything on the dark web about those submarine guys. I don't know. I wonder yeah. if there's guys writing sketches about it. All right. Um, chapter <laughs> 26. Chapter. Yeah. I don't have anything for this. Um, he had, uh, he had, he protests more about, he says, Dewdrop. There was something about that absurd name that nagged at the back of his mind. Um, he wonders why Strathmore hasn't sent a professional. And I was, I wrote down because you speak the language, duh. Um, and then he sort of cracks the code by, uh, Oh yes. He he finally realizes that he can speak language. (laughs) (laughs) He calls up one of the things and they say there are two redhead, uh, escorts here. We have um, Immaculata and Rocio and he, and he sort of does the, uh, the, um, echoing in his mind thing, Rocio. Rocio, Rocio. Becker stopped short. He suddenly knew, and I call myself a language specialist. He couldn't believe he'd missed it. And then it goes into the Dan Brown explanation. Rocio was one of the most popular names for girls in Spain. It carried all the right implications for a young Catholic girl. Purity, virginity, natural beauty. The connotations of purity all stem from the name's literal meaning, drop of dew. And so this is, it it plays out more, but I, I said everyone in the book has a genius switch that just conveniently switches off whenever it needs to be like it needs to be it's a uh you know it's one of those like it, a timer goes down and every every 15 seconds it turns their switch to dumbass and you have to then turn it back up and it starts counting back from genius again because it happens to susan all the time too like upcoming yeah but it, but it's also even with the characters like the the guy who installed the neon license plate on his lotus at the time he was getting that installed <laughs> <laughs> obviously all of his intelligence had to be wiped clean like right. slate yeah uh, people are gonna key this car every time they see it sir i don't care put it in there my zip disc can hoard 100 megabytes so <laughs> the the thing that this reminded me of was uh uh nilbog uh <laughs> Nil- nilbog is goblin spelled backwards yeah, right. <laughs> it could not be stupider rocio rocio like he's stroking his chin like you know all these languages. That's yeah, the yeah. word. You're fluent in however many dialects of Spain, like, you know. Uh, but yeah, all the characters in Nilbog were, were idiots, though. No, no one made any pretenses <laughs> right. about that. They were <laughs> they were portrayed as, as dumb, dumb idiots. But yeah, so it, it, it started to grow on me because it just is so convenient and, and sloppy. And again, you didn't need to make them 170 IQ geniuses. If they work at the NSA, we'll assume that they're pretty intelligent. Right. <laughs> or a Georgetown professor. I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, it for chapter 26. So, yeah. So, 27. Mm-hmm. We go back to... The NSA uh, Node 3. Yeah. Susan and Hale. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot for this chapter. Sorry. I didn't call him Halite. I should... Sorry. Yep. Halite. Uh, uh, well, it's it started off with a flashing envelope icon appeared on Susan's <laughs> monitor announcing the arrival of email. And then that's I... My, that's my only note for the chapter. <laughs> My, like, I, I just, even at the NSA, really? <laughs> I, took, I wrote the next sentence for Dan Brown. Susan had been meaning to disable the incredibly annoying feature for months, but had never found the time to. <laughs> and, it, and it pops up even in the, in the Node 3 going like, you've got mail. Yep. Would you like to open me? <laughs> I'm new. I'm mail. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, even, it's, it's not even a, a, a dumb movie where they need that to show people how a computer works because it's uninteresting. You, it's, it's visual. The, the alert for a new email popped up on her screen. Yes. Uh, but then the email was opened. I think this was in, in the fan fiction uh, 
It was a single line. Susan read it, and then she read it again. Dinner at, Al- dinner at Alfredo's, 8 p.m., across the room. Hale muffled a chuckle. It is pretty funny, um, so we'll give him that. <laughs> I would just point out that my search for chuckles was not captured. With oh, This one man. didn't capture it. Huh. Muffled a chuckle is not, <laughs> not a sentence you would search for and expect to find a result. <laughs> so the chuckling continues. Indeed. Earlier, I didn't point out, but Susan had, in the space of two sentences, she like she sighed heavily, and then she groaned audibly. So she she really is a cartoon at this point. But she's also chuckling, and then she's frowning heavily, and then tight smiles. Yeah, furrowing her brow. Yeah. Um, But then uh, we get this reveal. G, she turns him down, of course, because he's sending her these emails knowing that she's engaged. But uh, G, Sue, I'm hurt. Susan Fletcher's eyes narrowed. She hated being called Sue. She had nothing against the nickname, but Hale was the only one who'd ever used it. I just, I refuse to believe that. That someone right. go through their life as a Susan and that had never came up. <laughs> never he was once. the only one who had ever used it. Yes. <laughs> and that was his, uh, again, his IQ, if you had to guess. I mean, just, you know, from the range. He's got to be in the 163 category. I mean, yeah, if he's if he's cracking these codes that uh, these other 170 people are coming up with. And I guess he's applying all of his genius towards, you know, negging from the Internet in 2007 uh-huh. or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, or Sue, uh, let's go get some carpaccio. <laughs> <laughs> or he, uh, he 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 hacked into the DMV's website to get them to allow uh, eight characters on a license plate as opposed <laughs> to the seven that is pretty typical in that area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're not going to let me have earned it? All right, well, I'm going to take a megabyte then. Right. We, uh, we did a, a, a scavenger hunt for Lauren's birthday one year, and one of the things you had to find was a, license, a vanity plate that referenced the uh, make or model of the car it was as that type of douchebag thing. <laughs> sure. Like, you know, Tom's pony for a Mustang or something. And we, two, I think, of the four groups were able to find one. Wow. Uh, again, I'll repeat a story, but it's very brief. There was okay. a guy who worked, this is years ago, he had a, uh, I forget what the car was, just a muscle car, and it had earned it license plate. God. And he had the, uh, you know, he was Hale. Just think of Hale. This is mm-hmm. this guy. And he worked next door. And we used to go out into this big green space that they mowed, and it was meticulous, you know, like an office park. And so we would throw the football around, and once we were doing it outside, and he came up and said, so this has earned it. And he goes, you guys think this is a goddamn football park or something? <laughs> and it was so obnoxious that I thought he was kidding. So I passed him the ball. Right. And he took he took the ball and threw it into the bushes. <laughs> was he the boss? Went, in, went into his office. Was he the boss? He was the boss at the, I guess, at the place next door to us. Oh, and, and, oh got it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not our, not our person. Wow. So he thought you were... Uh... You were making his office seem less serious by yeah, being and we never there was not. This was an office park with no walk up. Pe- nobody ever. It's only you know. Was this worker- the MST office? Yeah, it was just <laughs> worker bees. You know, going to this weird little office. There was Uh-oh. no. There was no customers. Right, but you were the uh, you were the fun office that that the other people did resent. Right. Just I for guess a I guess we'd go out and grill and stuff and throw a ball around. And football mean, park. <laughs> what do you think this is? A football park? <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is there such a thing? The temptation to come back with every type of game or sporting equipment cons- on consecutive days would have been yes. uh, impossible to ignore. 
What do you think this is? A badminton place? Duh. What kind of racket are you using now so that I can compare it to something? Like, uh-huh, you'll have to figure it out. You come out with one of those new uh, lawn games that always seems to develop. What is that? A, a Danish game of King's Coob or something? <laughs> I, uh... Why don't you go to the park with the name of that thing? <laughs> anyway, oh. that was diversion because chapter 28 is, is also... Uh, I don't have a lot of notes on it. It's a good chapter. Um, yes, this is... Uh, okay, yeah. So this is uh, another guy uh, at the escort service. Mm-hmm. We're still uh, dialing escort services. <laughs> this is, yeah, the time time is running. It's a, uh, a matter of national security, and Dale is David is calling escort services. He calls up and says, hey, he fakes the German accent. Hey, I want to find my brother. I'm also fat. And he's like, sir, you know, we don't have prostitutes here. And uh, this is the same escort service, Senor Roldan. Um, he is sitting behind his desk at Escortes Belen, congratulating himself for deftly sidestepping the Guardia's newest pathetic attempt to trap him. He thought it was an entrapment call from the uh, civil police force. Right. Having that's, an officer. That's what they're doing when they're not treating people who are dying from heat in their yes, well, Yeah. Yes. When they're not uh, uh, endangering uh, uh, septuagenarians by strapping them onto their motor scooter and taking them right, to the... Right. Uh, hospital after they suffered a concussion but yeah having an officer fake a german accent and request a girl for the night it was entrapment what would they think of next so this is his he's deeply suspicious he immediately gets another call asking about the same german guy and thinks nothing of it and proceeds as if it's a a normal call right (laughs) not even a normal call this is how it goes uh david's uh, david claims that he says is this a hotel and he says, no, this is an escort service. He goes, oh, I have a wrong number then. And it says, espere, wait, Senor Roldan couldn't help himself. He was a salesman at heart. Was this a referral? Salesman. <laughs> Sorry. Was this a referral? A new client from up north? He wasn't going to let a little paranoia blow a potential sale. So um, this is he, he interprets this as a, 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 to set the stage, a wrong number has called him. And he thinks maybe I could convert this guy who wanted a hotel yeah, into an opportunity, um, right? Having yeah. sex with a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> um, so, uh, turns out on dark web 2.0, what? there are still a few idiots left using that who don't have access. Uh, yeah, indeed. Oh, and, I'm just now seeing your emails. Can I get the password for 2.1? I'm just now seeing them. So, oh, yeah, okay, not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just now, yeah, just getting this. Yeah, we all know what that means. Yeah, but no. So I was I was scrounging around. They, it was like going on a GeoCity site. Um, very bad interface. Worried it was going to infest me with viruses because I don't have translator to block block out the bugs. But there was a sketch. No, was, sorry. Yes, I mean a a, a reenactment, a, a virtual yeah, what dark is web. I, what is a sketch again? Not a sketch. A re- I don't. I, no, that's not a reenactment. Something. Yeah, I, it's sketches like Dewdrop. I'm not just. I, it's absurd. It's an absurd name to call yeah. a dark web reenactment. Like, yes, yeah, so and yeah, but any, they they did this this particular scenario um, played out on uh, Dark Web 2.0. I hope the audio quality is um, okay because again, 2.0. Yeah, you, on 2.1, it's uh, 7.1 surround. Flag. Oh wow. Yeah, Atmos. no, it has the 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 height uh, height information. Oh as well. wow. So it's like yeah. Mm, well, it's like. Uh, uh, yeah, Atmos. Atmos, that's what it is. Yeah. My uh my headphones are taped together uh with um yeah, yeah packing very, tape, so I probably wouldn't really yeah. take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's listen to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Good evening, Cheetah's five-star escort service. Oh, hi. Good evening. Um, is this a hotel? No, sir. Uh, what number are you dialing? Oh, uh, f- look, uh, 407-255-0551? That's the right number, but this is an escort service. Oh, I see. I thought it was a hotel. I'm visiting here from Omaha. My apologies. Good night. Wait, 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 wait. All right, come on, Roland. Could this be a referral? A new client from up north? Uh, uh, my friend, uh, I went to college with a guy from Omaha. Oh, oh, really? Yes. So, now, maybe would you like a prostitute? What? No. Damn it. Uh, I-, I thought I was calling the Swan Hotel at Disney World. Mm, swan, Swan, that's that's got to be some sort of code. Uh, but, uh, uh, yes, uh, Lucretia has a very long neck. Uh, perhaps uh, she would suit your hooker needs. What? I don't know. I'm trying to make a hotel reservation for my family, my wife and three children. Three, three, three. Why did he pick that number? Three, three. Ah, uh, so it's a threesome you're looking for. A threesome of hookers? What? No. My daughter is obsessed with Elsa from Frozen. Elsa from Frozen. Elsa from Frozen. Elsa from Frozen. Oh, I see. So you want to be tied up? No! Uh, erotic trampling. No! Electro humiliation? What do any of those have to do with Frozen? I will admit I have not seen it. I don't have kids myself. I, I, I certainly would hope not. Honey, who are you talking to? Uh, just trying to make a hotel reservation, dear. Well, hurry up. Jenny needs help with her math homework. Okay. Math homework, math homework, uh, division, m- multiplication, uh, ah, I see. Would you stop doing that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I guess I'm just a salesman at heart. Well, you're, you're not a very good one. Sir, may I ask why you're still on the call? Uh, okay, just one sec. Okay, she left the room. <laughs> sorry, that took so long. Yeah, I need a prostitute. I knew it! Sorry to beat around the bush like that. I thought you were going to hang up on me. Now, you mentioned electro-humiliation. That's our specialty. Put me down for 10,000 volts of whatever the hell that is. (laughs) From a girl named Elsa, if you've got one. We do now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there we have it. uh, That was a... I guess a, a, a long, cunning ruse on that part of the caller. Um, so uh, you could convert a wrong number into a escort service sale. So do you? Th- so that was a recreation. So that actually happened. So it yes, did, okay. Yeah. So it they is got a the real thing. phone calls, and then they recreated it to change the voices. Obviously, right? Yeah. So right. yeah, it's uh, just a, the the power and testament of of, of of a salesman of a salesman salesman. I. Uh... While we were listening to that, I downloaded one of the superior ones off 2.1. And, oh. uh, man, I listened to it. It is amazing. <laughs> anyway, someday I'll send that to you. What's your email again? I don't want to give it to you. Okay. All right. I uh, I, I listened to a interview with uh, two guys from Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder and uh, one of the guitarists. And uh, Eddie Vedder was talking about <laughs> – he was talking about watching a uh, documentary about Rush – and uh, and how they all at the end of it, they all were. Um, he just sort of took to heart that they just had been remained friends all this year and and did their their own thing. He was, sounded like a, he was very, also very impressed by the documentary. <laughs> it, it it made we him are, very appreciate the guys. We are all Mike Nelsons now. We all love Rush documentaries. <laughs>
without uh, liking their music. <laughs> but this uh, this chapter ends with um, he says the 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 pro- uh, prostitute guy says it was odd he thought to have two calls about the German in one night because yes. David claims he has the German's passport and wants to return it to him, and he uh, ends up giving him the name of the hotel, the Alfonso the Thirteenth. A hotel where the uh, German has taken Dewdrop. So he is just super concerned about client privacy in this situation. <laughs> but it ends with this great, uh, there's like a little chapter break. This is how important this is. David Becker hung up the phone. Alfonso 13, he chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why is that? Why is that even remotely? Does it give any context for the chuckle? It says, just have to know how to ask. I think he's chuckling over how clever he was to fool an escort service into thinking he was two different fat Germans or what. I don't know. My God. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's not. You know, that happens in a lot of the bad movies that we do where someone will say something and then two other characters will laugh. Yeah. And it's not a funny line and it never would be in any context. Right. Yes. You guys want some food? <laughs> sure, I'll have some. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Tommy was though, obviously a lot like <laughs> Hospital in Guerrero Street. <laughs> yes. What a story. Yeah. Maybe they maybe these characters all have uh like uh Etsy arts when uh, in a fancy like script font that says live chuckle love on their walls. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh all right. So chapter 29. Uh, yes, chapter 29. Uh, before chapter 29, do you want to do some real or fanfic? Yeah, okay. I'm scared. Right. I'm scared, <laughs> but I'll do it. All right. Uh, to quote Alanis Morissette, I'm scared, but I'll do it. <laughs> Thank you. And uh... God. <laughs> All right. Here comes the theme. And now I bet they bitching cause my flow switching. Trying to tell me what to write. I bought some fan fiction. Can't they just be happy? I no longer have to face eviction that I'm living on my life. I'm living on my inner vision right now. All right. All right. If I don't uh, sound enthusiastic, it's because I know I'm going to take a drubbing on this. My normal <laughs> hit rate of 51.2% is going to really take a hit this time. Yeah, you might go down to slightly less above a coin flip. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, this is the segment where people send in their uh, Dan Brown fanfic. So all of these uh, excerpts that Mike is going to try to guess could be... Uh, fanfic that our listeners have written, or they could be future excerpts of uh, Digital Fortress. It could be all of one, all of the other, or some sort of a mix. And uh, yeah, it's been tricky so far. We'll see how this one goes. Are you ready? I am ready. Was la- okay. last episodes was last one was okay, I believe. I think you, I think you got three out of five correct. Yeah, but I think I, I was shattered on the shoals of some character names. Character like- names. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Jabba and Midge. Okay, it was Midge. That's <laughs> Sorry, why can I forget Midge? All right. Um, all right. Uh, some of them may make an appearance in this. Uh, here's number one. Brinkerhoff felt himself flush. Carmen Huerta was a 27-year-old pastry chef who worked in the NSA commissary. Brinkerhoff had enjoyed a number of presumably secret after-hour flings with her in the stockroom. She gave him a wicked wink. Remember, Chad, Big Brother knows all. Big Brother? Brinkerhoff gulped in disbelief. Big Brother watches the stock rooms, too? Big Brother, or Brother as Midge often called it, was a Centrex 333 that sat in a small closet-like space off the sweet central room. Brother was Midge's whole world. 
It received data from 148 closed-circuit video cameras, 399 electronic doors, 377 phone taps, and 212 freestanding bugs in the NSA complex. <laughs> uh, the specificity of the numbers is a good enticement. That's the... Uh, <laughs> The bait that I would normally <laughs> swallow up, but the pastry chef in the commissary I'm going to call bullshit on. <laughs> that is fanfic. Uh, That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, number two. A human pincushion pawed past him, giving Becker an elbow in the side. Nice tie. Someone gave Becker's necktie a hard yank. Wanna fuck? A teenage girl <laughs> stared up at, up at him, looking like something out of Dawn of the Dead. The darkness of the corridor spilled out into a huge cement chamber that reeked of alcohol and body odor. The scene was surreal, a deep mountain grotto in which hundreds of bodies moved as one. They surged up and down, hands pressed firmly to their sides, heads bobbing like lifeless bulbs on tops of rigid spines. Crazed souls took running dives off a stage and landed on a sea of human limbs. Bodies were passed back and forth like human beach balls. Overhead, the pulsing strobes gave the whole thing the look of an old, silent movie. Wow. Um, boy, if that's, if that's fanfic, uh, I congratulate. But I'm going to say that that's real. Okay. Because I can see Dan Brown having gone to a punk club, and that's his impression of it. So I'm going to say <laughs> that human pincushion does sound Dan Brownish. And if I'm okay. fooled, I can I tip my hat, obviously. All right. Uh, number three. Underneath the twisting mass of cables, Jabba was sweating. He was still on his back with a pen light clutched in his teeth. He'd gotten used to working late on weekends. The less hectic NSA hours were often the only times he could perform hardware maintenance. As he maneuvered the red-hot soldering iron through the maze of wires above him, he moved with exceptional care. Singeing any of the dangling sheaths would be a disaster. Just another few inches, he thought. The job was taking far longer than he'd imagined. Just as he brought the tip of the iron against the final thread of raw solder, his cellular phone rang sharply. Jabba startled, his arm twitched, and a large glob of sizzling liquefied lead fell on his arm. Shit! He dropped the iron and practically swallowed his pen light. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I like the end of it. The coda is nice. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's fanfic. Okay. Number four. After a few moments, she gasped. I knew it. Strathmore did it. He really did. The idiot. She held up the paper and shook it. He bypassed Gauntlet. Have a look. Brinkerhoff stared dumbfounded a moment and then raced across the director's office. He crowded in next to Midge in front of the window. She pointed... <laughs> Damn it. Brinkerhoff and Midge. Son of she, a bitch. Sorry. She, point, she pointed to the end of the readout. Brinkerhoff read in disbelief. What the... The Brinkerhoff... The, I mean, sorry. The printout contained a list of the last 36 filed, files that had entered Transliter. After each file was a four-digit gauntlet, gauntlet clearance code. However, the last file on the sheet had no clearance code. It simply read, Manual Bypass. Jesus, Brinkerhoff thought. Midge strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's very good and very... It's the Midge and Brinkerhoff are obviously my, my weak spots, my Achilles heel. But I think that that's fanfic because it. I think it echoes something that happens before, but I still wouldn't put it past Dan Brown to repeat a beat, so... 
All right. So never mind. I, but anyway, it is. I think it's fanfic. Okay. And number five, the final one. What's with the hair? Becker moaned, motioning to the other others. It's all red, white, and blue, the kid offered. Becker nodded, trying not to stare at the infected perforation in the kid's upper lip. Judas taboo, the kid said matter-of-factly. Becker looked bewildered. The punk spat in the aisle, obviously disgusted with Becker's ignorance. Judas taboo? Greatest punk since Sid Vicious? Blew his head off here a year ago today. It's his anniversary. Becker nodded vaguely, obviously missing the connection. Taboo did his hair the w- day- taboo did his hair this way the day he signed off. The kid spat again. Every fan worth his weight in piss has got red, white, and blue hair today. For a long moment, Becker said nothing. Slowly, as if he'd been shot with a tranquilizer, he turned and faced front. Becker surveyed the group on the bus. Every last one was a punk. Most were staring at him. Damn it. See, it's these people reading ahead <laughs> and causing this confusion. So there so obviously this, is chapters of him this, going to a punk club. This reference is something we haven't discussed yet, where the prostitute gave the ring to a, she says, a punksio or something. Yes, yes, yes. All right, well, that's fanfic. Okay. So... Give me the right. give me the give me your worst doctor. All right, let's do it. Number one was uh, Brinkerhoff and the twenty-seven-year-old pastry chef who works in the NSA commissary. Sure, you, you said fanfic that is real. God, <laughs> no way. He's uh, they've had many flings in the stockroom with the twenty-seven-year-old pastry chef. And there's a hey. tiny computer called Big Brother that sits in a closet. Um, uh, brother, as Midge often called it. <laughs> oh, and it monitors on. 148 closed circuit videos, 399 electronic doors, 377 phone taps, etc. Oh, I am. I cannot wait to meet Midge. Listeners, please have pity on me. Please have pity on me. <laughs> uh, number two, that's the human push pin cushion. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, uh, the punks yanking his tie. Punk you said club. real. That is real. Okay. Well, at least, all right, so I'm fifth, I'm coin flip right now. Uh-huh. Uh, that one begins uh, with a word I didn't want to say on the podcast, so. <laughs> right. Um, it's a little slice of uh, 1998, um, so that'll be a, a coffee spit moment once everyone gets to it. Uh, number three, I was Jabba dripping solder on his arm and swearing over and over again. You said, fanfic, that one is real. What? <laughs> oh this is diabolical there's just too much material this book's too big it is i guess and there's You're there's characters we haven't even here. met yet that are evidently hugely prominent in the uh back, wow back i'm 33.3 on this all right number four was uh uh mid strikes again brinkerhoff realizes uh you said fanfic that one is real <laughs> what <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, the manual bypass, uh, you, this has already happened. That's what he, manual abort, I guess was the earlier one. All right. You're doing the next fanfic. This is bull. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, and then five, uh, that was what's with the hair. Judas taboo, the uh, greatest punk since Sid vicious. Um, you said fanfic and that one is real. They were all real this time. <laughs> no, the, you said the first one was fan. No, no. You thought the second one was real and you were correct. 
the human pincushion and uh, wait i got girls. one out of five because you chose all real <laughs> yes all right <laughs> i've Look. said that every time they can all be real or they can all be i know and but finally went for it because we had so much material to work with son of a <laughs> that's, that's wow that's gonna right. drop the statistics that's uh that's that's gonna yeah man oh come on though. there's so much good stuff that happens later that's... He goes to a punk show, and Dan Brown describes that as a uh, as a huge dork professor of linguistics. I'm going to look on the dark web 2.1 for uh, some co-host <laughs> on a podcast who really acts like an a-hole and, uh, <laughs> when he uh, sets up it's his... It's been part of the rules the entire time. Yes, yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> Let the listener decide. It's not my fault that there's all of a sudden there's characters named Jabba and Midge. No, no, it is not your fault. <laughs> there are other things that are your fault. That is not your fault. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Moving quickly along. Chapter yeah. 29. Chapter 29. You son of a... <laughs> uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, so Susan is sitting in the, in, in the programmer's office. She's silent. Uh, Hale is silent again. She wished he would leave. She wondered if she w- she wondered if she should call Strathmore. This uh, commander would simply kick Hale out. But this is just another moment of a genius, you know, not taking the obvious tactic and um, solving her problem easily and quickly. This is a weird thing where it just keeps cutting back to her sitting uncomfortably in an office with an obvious sexual predator who's a <laughs> who's Murderer. a greasy moron, and then. He, this is the strangest thing. So sh- he he's set up Strathmore already. We don't need any more Strathmore. We know who he is. He's the, yeah. you know, and he's obviously going to be proved false in the end or whatever, you know. Sure. Way it's, but laying it on thick, like troweling it on, <laughs> Susan thought of Strathmore nobly bearing the weight of this ordeal on his shoulders, yeah. doing what was necessary, staying cool in the face of disaster, Susan sometimes saw David in Strathmore. They had many of the same qualities, tenacity, dedication, intelligence. (laughs) Sometimes Susan thought Strathmore would be lost without her. The purity of her love for cryptography seemed to be an emotional lifeline to Strathmore, lifting him from the sea of churning politics and reminding him of his early days as a codebreaker. What is, what, what is he what is he attempting to do with that i don't know it's like you know you know it's it, <laughs> you know it's, it's about to have him like you know suffer a noble death or something at this point in time it like reminded me slightly buried. of there's the in uh we do this all the time i love these comparisons in Macbeth, when Macbeth talks about the king that he has to kill and he gives this speech about his virtues have you know uh, sung out to the angels, trumpet tongued against the deep damnation of his taking off, and you know it sets. But that's just one time. Yeah, it's once, and then like, okay, now kill that. Kill. We've set him up as an angelic character that you must now kill to become right. evil. And in this, it just like keeps going back to, you know, like she a called him the greatest figure. man she's ever known. I think. Yes, like we yeah. already know that. So what? Whatever you're setting up for this, like lay off, man. Yeah. She glanced out the window where he was lifting a car off of a trapped <laughs> pregnant woman. As a, yeah, <laughs> um, well, yeah it's, it, it really does tell it on, you know, especially thick, especially considering that he just this morning, like, went behind her back to send her husband to 
uh, Spain without telling her on a mission that is in gone off the rails and he refuses to send any backup right <laughs> like imagine if you know if we went to if you called into the rift tracks meeting and you know david g was like oh yeah by the way i uh i sent uh i, I sent bridget to <laughs> you know a, a foreign country to do some dangerous government business right you, then, you would not be like his noble you know the halo was practically visible above his head you're like i'm still harboring a bit of a grudge yeah I, that's, uh, that's wish a you would weird. ask me yeah <laughs> oh and uh and has he called yeah he called um he said something about a german and then i paused for I think I gotta be two minutes before I spoke to him. Like, what are you doing to him? Yeah, really. Please put him on the phone. I'm extremely concerned, and I've indicated that to you. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to look at another payphone, and he's going to hope it works. So, I mean, that's the best I can do. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Susan looks in, and he's you know declining to come down off the cross or something. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, ah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so it goes on to talk about how. Uh, David has written her notes, and this is just so dumb. We don't have to spend much time on it. But he wrote her a note that says, please accept this humble fax. My love for you is without wax. Oh, yeah. That thing uh, is like, that was too stupid to even think about. And so that was his. For, yeah. She would begged him for months to tell her what it meant, but he had refused without wax. It was David's revenge. Um, one listener wrote in and said that they had already immediately cracked it. Not, I, I'll, you know, I, I'll admit I, my IQ is not 170, but I have not. But I, you know, I didn't spend too much time. Any ideas? I did. I, I spent no time on it. Okay, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is so, going to be. If it's as dumb as people saying, uh, you know, all the other Dakota, stupid things yeah. people have done, then I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm terrible rain, at. I um, I, I, I'm, again, I may have said I did a, a speech once for. Um, uh, what's the the uh, the Mensa? genius? Huh? Mensa? Mensa? Yeah, I did a speech for Mensa, and I said, you know, do I, you know, given my what I've done, and then my speech, and you all really enjoyed it, do I get, you know, the uh, the membership? Mittens? They're yeah. like, no, you, you certainly <laughs> do not. <laughs> I'm like, well, what yeah. do I have to do? Like, look at this, and, you know, like here's a test. I'm like, all right, I'm out. All right, yeah, forget right. it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not, my, not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah it's something about wax. I don't know. I didn't understand it. <laughs> I admit yeah, I'm dumber than a bag of hammers about that stuff. Dan Brown could be one of the people they trot out. Don't they always trot out like Sharon Stone, isn't she? Yeah, she was. <laughs> yes, she's mess as well. Um, but the uh, so then it, it goes on to indicate that she had taught him a lot about code breaking and to keep him on his toes had taken to encoding all of her messages to him with some simple encryption scheme. Love notes, shopping lists. And I was just like, oh, like how quickly that would get old. Like, honey, I just need to know what I need for the lasagna. This is so tiresome yeah, every time is, I go to the store. It's, this is a busman's holiday for me. I don't need this now. <laughs> I, I get this every day. I sit next to Hale. I, it's, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then uh, what's his name ends up coming down? The, the greatest man she's ever known, the... The uh, you know the reincarnation of the Buddha, this, this supreme. Yes. <laughs> but, but he immediately says, "What the hell is he doing here?" Strathmore demanded as soon as he and Susan were outside Node Three because they're discussing this, and uh, he says, "She says you want to send him home." Nah, we'll let him be. (laughs) (laughs) Has Chartruckian left yet? I don't know. I haven't seen him. Jesus, Strathmore groaned. This is a circus. 
you know, what sadly I'm the... powerless to stop it, but uh, oh well. Yeah, what is the deal? Like if uh, people are hanging around your office and they're not supposed to be there and he's all nervous about the yeah the greatest man out. who's ever lived, who's calmer than anybody else is like walking outside the window outside his office and pulling his hair out and jumping up and down and like slamming uh you know computers over and going like what's he doing here what yeah. what is happening hopefully he's not <laughs> noticing anything by this display of my obvious nervousness and rage <laughs> just send them home yeah i don't know general schwarzkopf uh you know we're about to launch operation desert storm however uh Polly shore is in the uh, in the commander's office, and I just he, he creates a lot of unease. He's 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 very unpredictable. Should we send him home? Well, ah, there's nothing I. What's he, <laughs> what's nothing he I doing do. here? I, I... <laughs> yeah. It's also, isn't it a matter of you could just simply say you you're not getting paid. You know, like this is not these are off office hours. You're not you're not. Right. Uh, yeah. So you get nothing. Or we have a military esque hierarchy here. Get the hell out of this office. You know, you're, this is a need to know basis. Like, right. it would be everyone would accept that. You know, everyone has a their mental idea of how they think these government organizations work. No, Again, I just unforced. come in on Saturdays to uh, to eat tofu out of the refrigerator <laughs> and check my emails. Yeah, He's you are fired. Oh, by the yeah. way, I'm the guy who murdered a guy in a drunken brawl. Like, yeah. uh, well, I forgot. Stay on, stay on as long <laughs> as you want to. Have unfettered access to these secret government computers. Um, and then it turns out while he's in there that he does uh, he cannot be trusted. He has installed chips in everybody's keyboard. Uh, and through the, an absurd scheme requiring him to leave the office with a different uh, cryptographer's keyboard every day, I guess just tucked in his under his arm in his briefcase. They don't explain, but he takes it home, gets their password, so he has everyone's password. Right. And uh, he logs in, and with no explanation, sees she's sees that Susan is running a tracer, and uh, without any explanation, aborts it manually and switch back switches back, locks her computer again. That's what uh, Marines do. That's what they're known for. <laughs> they're known for driving their Lotuses with neon license plates, with voice-activated uh, car locks, and uh, and stealing people's keyboards so they can get back in and work on Saturday and eat tofu and drink olive oil. Marines. He's gone Semper to that five. cliche well. It just makes me sick to see our <laughs> men in uniform portrayed so broadly. Uh, it would have been great if uh, uh, you can't handle the truth. He had swigged a couple things of olive oil before it, and eaten some white slimy tofu out of a container that came out of the refrigerator. Hang you on. want? You, hang on. You, me on that wall. You need. Oh yeah, me on that wall. Oh. I got actually. Can we recess? That is acting quickly. Uh, 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 the judge going like, would you like any salt with this tofu or any? <laughs> no. no. And uh, it is, I am sad to admit that it is the extra firm variety instead of super gelatinous today. They were sold out in the commissary. So can you, is it the one that you can slice or the one that just sort of falls apart when you no, touch no, it? I, like, yeah, it's the silken stuff. I just oh, scoop out God. a handful. <laughs> yeah, I, If I get some on my face, I apologize in advance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. so there we are. Yeah, so, that takes us into uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so later on, they do get into him 
potential reason for this, but it's all sort of obfuscated with the uh, doling out the information a piece at a time. So right now, to us, he's just canceled this just to be a dick. Canceled the what? The uh, her tracer trying to find out where. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tank yeah, no, sent the emails from. Yeah, this is a thing that you just kind of go. Oh, okay, I, I mean, I we, guess we'll get to. Yeah. yeah, we assumed he was a bad guy. The cutting but, yeah. back and forth to the office where he opens lattice doors like a bull does nothing <laughs> for like making this a page turner other yeah. than the nah, fact. I, I kind of wish it had been its own chapters every time they did that. Right. I, yeah. Make him as long as a, uh, a shadow moon chapter. and <laughs> Keep it going with, with Greg Hale. <laughs> uh, we get to chapter 30, which is he gets to the uh, hotel that he chuckled about. And this was, this was just a weird thing to read. I don't know what else. What, what do you have for this? Oh, I just have Final a couple focus. things about the the Castilian well, concierge. A, yeah, the concierges, yeah. but the Castilian Spanish. Okay, he says hovering behind the counter marked concierge was a trim, well groomed man smiling so eagerly that appeared he did he waited his entire life to be of assistance. En <laughs> qui puedo servir, señor? How may I serve you? He spoke with an affected lisp. And ran his eyes up and down Becker's body. Yeah. Now, at that point, I was like, all right, please say no. <laughs> it's Castilian Spanish, right? Right. Isn't that so defined they have a, Yeah, you list? say uh, senor or something like that. I mean. Yes, and that was done on purpose, I believe, to separate the upper class from the lower. They adopted it as a thing. Huh. I don't huh. know when. I'm sorry. I don't know much about it. But yeah. I believe that is what the, the, that's why it is made fun of, because it is... By nature, lisping. Yeah. So I thought, okay, he's, he's got an out. This is not where he's going. But, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, he does indeed go there. Yeah. 80s and 90s uh, gay stereotypes in book form was a very odd thing to behold. I figured the only thing I could figure was, was he doing, um, was it 48 hours or whatever? Eddie Murphy and then the guy who played. Uh, I haven't seen it. Balky. Oh, wow. He, hey, he had like a 30-second spot of just doing a, oh, new, you know, like <laughs> mincing about. Yeah. And that's the only thing I could figure is that he I'm saw sure, that. I'm sure, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, and so but he's yeah, like. He, he yep. looks at him up and down the envelope and clucks sadly to himself, another lovesick heterosexual, he thought. What a waste. And <sighs> uh, and then he, uh, after discreetly checking out Becker's backside, scooped the envelope off the counter and turned to the bank of numbered slots on the wall behind him. So he's, yeah, he's just uh, doing the, like, snapping and, uh, yeah, sashaying about. It's pretty amazing because you don't often encounter that in uh, in prose. Why did he need to, this is my question, just on a technical level, why did he need to discreetly check out Becker's backside? Because <laughs> he's doing the, to him? remember the samurai cop guy, the guy in the restaurant who was, Remember the guy? Oh yes, yes, super, yes, 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 yes. Super long name, and he was. I he think, was the host there. Be, yes, yeah, and he was doing the ooh, ooh, you know, it's just like very the, much that, yeah, that character. Um, what what is the discretion necessary once you've been mincing about? Like, <laughs> I, I think you're fine. I think he's got who your character is supposed to be. <laughs> Maybe discreet in Dan Brown's mind means he didn't like actively lower the shades and have his eyes bug out at him right. or something. He he suppressed that cartoon instinct. Anyway, a weird uh, sidestep for, uh, but getting to know Dan Brown is a, it's quite a journey. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, he, he, he uses some sort of like adventure game logic of, um, 
asking him to put the key in their box and then spying to see which room he puts it in so he right. can go up and confront the German uh, guy. But uh, it all just sort of is meted out uh, small chapter by small chapter at a time. It takes us to chapter 31. We go back to node three, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and they start discussing. Uh, Hale reveals that he knows about Tankado's unbreakable algorithm, which you know causes Susan further alarm. Um, on top of all the alarms she's already had. And uh, Susan says, oh, yeah, she tries to be coy. She says, I, I don't buy it. Uh, and Hale, this is uh, Susan's moron switch is flipped. Who knows, Hale sighed dramatically. There are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your <laughs> philosophy. So he's just said um, one of the, what would you say, top three most famous lines from Hamlet, Shakespeare's most famous play? Yeah. Well, it, top five? I, don't, don't you think it would be if you said like... Um... Dun, 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 dun. And then uh-huh. he said Beethoven. You, yeah, and yeah. somebody said Beethoven. Yeah. Yeah. This is the equivalent of that. So her response to that fam- world famous quote is I beg your pardon. <laughs> Shakespeare Hale offered Hamlet. <laughs> 170 IQ. Yeah. Uh-huh. 170. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess if he was trying to, you know, you could do the reverse, have him saying something out of uh, Troilus and Cressida and having her like, you know, know it on the spot. And it's like Hale had been trying for three months to try to slip one by her, but her knowledge was all encompassing and said it's just complete dumbassery at the mention of Hamlet. I, I memorized the entire first folio edition when I was a sophomore, you know, like. Right. Yeah, that but, would you know, be, when that I was would still playing. And, yeah. Um, but they uh, he Hale is sort of his joined because he found the hole in the NSAs and he sort of maintains that he's sort of against the NSAs overreach just like Tankado was and he sort of reveals that he's like been in communication with Tankado right yes Uh, yeah um, but she says, uh, he says, you sound like you've been brainwashed by Strathmore. You know, damn well, the FBI can't listen in whenever they want. They need to get a warrant. A spiked encryption standard would mean the NSA could listen in to anyone, anytime, anywhere. But she says, uh, she wanted to curse Hale for digital fortress for her troubles with David for the fact that he, she wasn't in the Smokies, but none of it was his fault. Hale's only fault was that he was obnoxious. I mean, his... I mean the murder. The, mur- would, the murder does. As, it's the, not in his plus column. Just a check in the yes, exactly. I mean, we don't know the guy that he murdered. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair. I mean, maybe yeah. he what he he murdered the equivalent of Jeffrey Dahmer, but even then, you know, like it still might count against Hale. But that's, that's <laughs> his only fault <laughs> is that he's obnoxious. Yeah, he appears to be a sexual predator. He doesn't respect uh, boundaries with her fiance. Um, anyway. But so they uh, go on to do one more of those moments that very much amused me. She says, uh, that's our job, Halite. That's our duty. Whether we like it or not, there is a frail gate separating democracy from anarchy. The NSA guards that gate. Hale nodded thoughtfully. Qui custodiet ipsos custodes. And uh, how does she respond to to that? I mean, well, she speaks uh, many languages. She mm-hmm. dates a guy who speaks uh, thirteen. La- he's you know a polyglot. Uh, yeah, she she's intelligent, is- so she recognizes the so even though it's Latin, the repeated word structure, and she sees qui. So you assume that's probably a who. Um, but no. Susan looked puzzled. <laughs> <laughs> 
so she's like actively drooling at this point in time. Uh, and Hale says, it's Latin from Satires of Juvenile. It means who will guard the guards? So again, I just start writing in the book genius every time one of these happens. Okay, so so she says, who will, uh, he says what it means. Who will guard the guards? So he translates for her. Yeah, because she says, I don't get it. I don't get it, Susan said. <laughs> what are we talking about right now? It's oh. like you want to slap her upside the head. It's it's uh it's Bella from Twilight, the staring, you know, yes. the staring. Like what are you uh? what are you doing? I don't know. We're actively engaged in conversation. I just quoted something you should have known. You <laughs> certainly have read. Then yeah, I translated well it for you and you forgot what we were talking about before? Yeah. She says, I don't get it. Who will guard the guards? Yeah. If we're the guards of society, then who will watch us and make sure we're not dangerous? He lays it out like, I, I, like, I mean, he's talking to a literal idiot. Yeah. And then, you, you, and so then, you take a sandwich is a piece of bread and there's something <laughs> in the middle of it. So we call it, you know, sandwicho in middle o. What does that mean? Yeah, no, it it's just... It, it, <laughs> Yeah, put it's, it uh, it's put it in a wiki how with some of those weird illustrations for me, and then so he explains if we're the guards who will watch us and make sure we're not dangerous, which is maybe eight more words than the original saying you know needed or required. And then Susan nodded, unsure how to respond. It's amazing. It's just so funny. What is she doing? <laughs> but he gives I mean, maybe us maybe the cologne has some sort of power that like shorts out brain circuits or something well instead of getting the inner dialogue of i mean you know inside of her you know have the camera shoot into like the close-up thing and do you know the cinematic thing and then go into susan's brain like susan obviously knew what she was doing right she was leading him down a path pretending to be ignorant nope She's a dumb <laughs> shit. This is her on the face. There is not a second level of the chessboard here. She has just uh, moved her pawn like it was a rook, and she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and that, you know, what you just described would make uh, a lot of sense in some situations if you did have a, uh, in a in a spy movie like this, if you had the super attractive woman who could go in and sort of do the, uh-huh, what is this dude? Like, and then come back in and be a boss again, be like, I got it. Like, you know, I, you know, I had to act like I didn't know what, you know, Cochrane's theorem was. Pff, of course I do, but I, I got the code. But uh, they are just sort of doing a, a much stupider version of that. Yeah, but even even in the dumbest movie, it would still cut back to that guy going like, I know what she's doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, but this operates on its face as though it is a children's book about... And especially in that paragraph, you know, the uh, if, if a fourth grader had to write a thing about the difference between liberty and safety and turned that paragraph in, the teacher would be like, you know, that's a good first step, Jared, but that's a little easy. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, you know, let's dive in. Let's give it a little more thought about, you know, ethics and philosophy and, um, you know, give me a few more sources and come back again. Like, okay. <laughs> I just wrote it last night. Yes, right. I could tell. <laughs> yeah, I sort of paraphrased Wikipedia, but but yeah. So based on that, he then reveals that uh, Tang Tankado signed all his letters to Hale by saying that it was his favorite setting, and so like I mean, it's a it's like sort of the cyberpunk equivalent of like the basic bitch. 
like we talked about the live, laugh, love earlier. That's pretty much what it is. Like it's right. so, you know, it's like a philosophy 101. It's like the guy Fox mask. He's just unaware. This other genius who's doing all this and has, you know, seen the betrayals of the world and the horrors is still saying, who will watch the watchers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, upgrade your philosophy just a slight bit. Oh, Dan Brown. Good try. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for thirty one. Yeah, me too. Um, but we cut to uh, we cut to David Becker back in the uh, Alfonso the Thirteenth hotel room. Oh, I'm going to give a little, this chapter a little golf clap too. I like nice. this one. Right. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. Remember the we promised you a fat German, <laughs> an enormously fat German, and boy, do we get him. Uh, but here's the first thing before we get to his uh, corpulence. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this peculiar uh, technique that Dan Brown uses where he does both languages. Yeah. So he's speaking in German to a German person. Uh, Becker continued in perfect German. May I speak to you a moment? The man looked uneasy. Was wollen Sie? What do you want? Yes. Becker realized he should have rehearsed this before brazenly knocking on a stranger's door. You have something I need. These were apparently not the right words. The German's eyes narrowed. Ein Ring, Becker said. Du hast einen Ring. You have a ring. <laughs> so if you uh, walked up to someone and you spoke right. two languages and you kept speaking in both languages, the person would go, what the hell are you doing? What? Yeah, stick with one. I Clearly, I'm German and I speak the first one. Yeah. I don't need the... <laughs> but as a technique, he already said, I'm speaking to him in perfect German. So just keep it in English. Yeah. Or, I mean, or do the other and just rely on people to get it from context or whatever. Or the guy stammers back in broken English like, I have no ring. You know. Like, yeah. What It would be just doing both easily is, forgiven. Yeah. so stupid. And he continues it for the whole chapter. <laughs> he just puts both. He puts English and German, and they both yeah. speak both things. It's, uh, you know, I guess it would be padding a word count if it was a high school essay, but it seems uh, very unnecessary here because, you know, he leaves no doubt about the fact that this guy is from German. That's all he's referred to as. Right. Uh, but we all understand this technique when you're, you know, you watch the uh, a, a movie about, you know, trying to assassinate Hitler and people, and it's an English movie and they're all speaking English. Yes, exactly. Um, they would have been speaking German. We all understand <laughs> that. We're accepting the premise, but we're English speakers. So yes. it's in English. But we get it. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what, what that choice was because, you know, people are pretty forgiving with, uh, you know, just put the first one in and, and take it from there. Yeah. But let's get to his corpulence. All right. Yep. He was larger than Becker had imagined. His hairy chest began right under his triple chin (laughs) (laughs) and sloped outward to his colossal gut. The drawstring of his white terry cloth, Alfonso XIII bathrobe, barely reached around his waist. The poor German was sweating profusely. (laughs) So So there's the sweating fat man. Thick fleshed is like a trim fit person compared to this guy right rock hard physique we were told someone was thick fleshed okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but this guy uh, triple chin is just uh, icing on the cake um and that's compared to we have java upcoming as well so wow yeah so this guy gets uh he gets all these descriptions and then this one just another cuff from dan brown the obese man quickly set down his wallet (laughs) 
<laughs> he's been he's been described as obese. It's all right to just say the man set to, the nervous man, the sweaty man, the uh, the springs you know barely held the, the corpulence. Yeah, uh, his his wallet between his porky fingers. Like, <laughs> The guy downstairs banged a broom against the thing to stop the thundering every time he shifted his weight. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah, and he sort of used a ruse to get in here by knocking on the door and saying, you know, you have something I need. And the guy said, get the hell out of here. And then he, uh, his, his, his technique again was to knock on the door again. And the, the guy who's in there with a prostitute he's hired answers the door again, which... Um, I just thought that maybe you would you would sort of slide the emergency lock and the deadbolt and say I'm going to go on with my evening now. This guy is harassing me, but right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he lets him in the room and they have this long conversation. Mm-hmm. And here's here's another condescension from Dan Brown. Uh, this is as he's trying to ascertain what they did with this ring. Yes, the Asian man this morning in the park. It was an assassination. Ermordung. Becker loved the German word for assassination. <laughs> Ermordung. It was so chilling. Stop condescending to me. <laughs> How many times are you going to repeat it? Like, yes, right. we got it from context. And then he does it like four more times. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The word Ermordung. Boy, did it sure mean assassination, thought Becker. <laughs> you... Ah, it's just that yeah. chapter bugged me for that. Yeah, German is not a language where you you hear someone uh, say a word in it and you're like, ah, the sweet syllables of the you know most romantic language. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, if you just you know, shout anything in German, it's going to sound vaguely off putting. Becker loved the word. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they sort of uh, Rocio comes out. We got that pace from fanfic last time. She's incredibly hot. She speaks throaty English, and then. Uh, but she reveals, you know, she, he's like, I'll give you all the money I have. And she says, I can't. Why not? I no longer have the ring. She says apologetically, I've already sold it. So it's turned into a uh, role-playing game fetch quest at this point in time where it's like, you get the bottle and you have to give it to this guy for the bug net. And then he's going to give you the wheel of cheese for it. And then that guy will trade it for the beans. And then you'll eventually get the magnifying glass. Um, right. But like, at this point, how does, sake, how does this amount to any kind of tension or anything? Like, you know, it doesn't for me because I'm like, I don't assume that anyone is going to have it at this point in time. Right. And it's also like he should call and be like, I need help. Send your, you know, buddies over here, NSA guy, for a matter of national security. I'm in over my head. Right. And I guess whatever you guys have to do to get the information of who they gave it to is not, that's outside of my ken. Yeah, and right. how important it is is beyond, is outside of my ken as well. I don't know. <laughs> um, right. But this is a great thing. Uh, Dan Brown does this a lot where he does. I don't think he tracks his own physical or, you know, the scowls, the frowns, the tightness, the this, okay. the that. Chuckling. The, the German. Here, I'm tracking this. The German okay. went white, <laughs> then went whiter still. <laughs> then he started sweating profusely. Then he went purple. Oh, my So God. he's clearly in cardiac arrest. A heart attack. Yep. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> then his left arm went numb. Then the fat man laid <laughs> down. <laughs> but he just does uh, it as he's just trying to add color but he doesn't track his own things like where's well, my yeah. character now what's he just doing just like the clue shard guy in the last one who is like fading fast for 20 straight minutes you know yeah. 
Uh, but it's that uh, it's that cruel Andalusian sun. That's I, true, just, man. It can its do effects anything. can be delayed. It can do anything. I also didn't like this because you you didn't later learn it till later. But she said, "I don't have the ring. I've already sold it." And later she says, "Oh no, I just gave it to somebody." I don't know if that right. was an editorial thing, but she's like, "Yeah, I gave it to the punk kid." Yes. I did, like if she's lying at first, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. But you know, Dan I Brown to is, pick he's at this not point. very crafty with his chapter ends. It's just supposed to get <laughs> you to you know go to the next thing. But sometimes they're they're pretty pretty limp. Right. Um, but yeah, speaking of limp, chapter thirty three. Yeah, chapter 33 is small. It's the Numa Numa guy, the Japanese businessman who's trying to buy it. He tries to get someone to tap a phone for him. It's a page and a half. Yeah, here's the one note that I had about this. Um, so this it's odd to even mention this. Like He burst from his office and took a left down Numa Tech's, Numa Numa Tech's main hallway. His employees bowed reverently as he stormed past. Numataka knew better than to believe they actually loved him. Bowing was a courtesy Japanese employees offered even the most ruthless of bosses. What on earth? So it would be like saying he knew that people didn't love grasping his hand and shaking it up and down in a handshake, (laughs) but it was a courtesy they offered him. Right. Like, yeah, this is baked in. Why are you stopping to tell me that he didn't? So yeah, there, there was a societal moment where he reflex, did. essentially. Yeah. So when when I meet a guy and I shake his hand, I go, "Oh wow, that guy must really like me." He he <laughs> grasped my hand in his own hand, and then he kind of shook it up and down for like it was like two seconds. Right. That guy must love me. <laughs> but what? it's not even something you're, you know. At least in that one, you're actively both participating, and this is him like walking quickly down a hall, and people like. You know, slightly bowing at him, he's not even noticing it at this point in time because it's so <laughs> such a common thing for his society and his his position in life. Uh, Dan Brown, you dummy! That was <laughs> another unforced error. There's yeah. no reason to bring it up. We know what bowing is in Japanese culture, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not. Uh, he's he hasn't uh, again. I'll bring him again. He's not bringing over Pauly Shore, who's like, what, do those guys really respect you? No. Son, this is just a custom over here. You must learn this if you're going to take over the family business. Right. Uh, um, and then I think yeah, this that's ends it. with one of the... Uh, wait, what, what is this? Susan... Cons- oh, did I skip a chapter? Uh, chapter 34 is Susan. Back to Susan. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I went ahead. Susan, yeah, where her tracer has developed a bug. Yep, let's go ahead to that. Um, she says that uh, Susan considered bugs the most maddening asset of computer programming. <laughs> It's like, I mean, that's weird because most people love them. I mean, they love right. to have <laughs> their software not work the way it's supposed to. But uh, so I guess she's unique in that department. And uh, she had always thought the term bug had an amusing origin, which I was thought like, let's stretch that word to its breaking point. Oh, God. Did he give us the uh, I don't have it as a note. Did he go it to was, bug? It was a early, you know, Room sized computer where a moth had right. I knew flown the into origin, the circuits and fried that he actually wrote it. I must have been yeah. glazing at that point. <laughs> People confirmed that actually did happen. Wow. Uh, but here was this is her inner life again. So turn the genius switch off. Okay. Turn 170 down to 85. I don't know. <laughs> her thoughts turned to David, hoping he was all right. She still found it hard to believe he was in Spain. <laughs> Like, this is reality. This is your... What are you talking about? Right. What do you mean yeah. she still found it hard to believe? She really she, didn't... She, she wished he wasn't play. there, I guess. Yeah, she misses him and hopes he's back soon, but yeah. 
his, I don't know. His views of people's inner thoughts are make them sound like absolute <laughs> morons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the day after the Nats won the World Series, I woke up. It was like, did that really happen? Awesome. But it's not like just a, hey, David's in, in Spain. What? Like, you know, five minutes yeah. later, it's, it's still a, a reality you cannot grasp. I wonder if the Nats won the... Oh, they did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. I watched it happen and, I, you know... <laughs> yes, it was there. Oh, the genius switch, it's say. It's, it makes the story that much more delightful. Yeah. And she gets dumber and dumber till the end of the thing where she punches in the the error, error code. code. and yeah. yeah. Well, we get an action scene. Yeah, go ahead. Susan flipped through the sysop manual, scanning the list of error codes. That's Man. that's the action scene. That's you know, yeah. <laughs> you just imagining some like uh, uh you know Trent Reznor uh, social network soundtrack behind that, like But a little more witness to her. Being as dumb as a cocker spaniel, she cocked her head. Was it possible the data it returned? <laughs> you you are a high-level person. All you did was send a tracer email and then sat there at your desk and got, right. you know, uh, verbally assaulted by, like, this total douche. <laughs> like, what do you do here? What is your job? Right. Yeah, she pondered the wax without wax poem for a while, unable to solve it. Yeah. And then she looks at error codes. She does really nothing, and that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah, she she says that uh, she realizes that her tracer was manually aborted, and uh, that's yeah. That we leave leaves us hanging for chapter thirty five. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to speculate ahead, but it seems like Hale's a good guy. So who knows? It, c- it couldn't be him. He did not, of course. Yeah, obviously. yeah. I guess 37 is where we learn some more stuff that I think is misdirection. <laughs> but um, I'm mean, sorry, 36. But uh, All right. So chapter 35. We're, uh, we're back oh, to the You were being Germans. sarcastic, right? Yes. Um, who do you think is the bad guy at this point in time? Strathmore? I, I mean, yes. I think Strathmore. Because we're only, what, a third of the way through? Third of, yeah, I guess so. And Hale's been up set up as, you know, like wearing devil horns and mean. <laughs> Yeah, and then we have the angel from on high. So right, I guess so. I, I guess, guess we just don't league. have that many. It's probably not, it's not going to be backer, right? Yeah, or I mean, but you've got we've got all sorts of new characters we haven't met yet. Twenty-seven-year-old pastry chef, the director, oh, right. Midge, oh, okay. Jabba. It's going to be Midge. Um, there's probably yeah. There's the punks. Uh, chapter thirty-five though goes back to the Germans' hotel room. Um, they established that there was no CPR done on Tankado, and she reveals Rocia reveals that she gave the ring to a punk. A punk? Yes, a punk, she said in rough English, and then immediately switched back to Spanish. Mucha joyería. Lots of jewelry. Immediately, I mean, <laughs> she then switches back to English, I guess. I, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. That was your, your thing you pointed out last time. Yeah, a weird pendant no in reason one, for this. Yeah. For, a weird pendant in one ear. A skull, I think, David's response. There are punk rockers in Seville? <laughs> and then it says, okay, red, white, and blue hair, a British flag... TV shirt, T-shirt, a skull pendant in one ear. What else? Nothing. Just your average punk. Average punk? Dave Becker was from the world of collegiate sweatshirts and conservative haircuts. <laughs> he couldn't even picture what the woman was talking about. Just like, uh, What year is this? So this is 90, I mean, 97, 98. So you've had 
the entire Sex Pistols of the 70s. You had the punks of the 80s, which is where they really sort of infiltrated, you know, Hollywood culture and stuff. They're, you know, in Ninja Turtles movies. You have the punks of the 90s. Uh, Rancid was, was, was dominating the airwaves in the late 90s, the Warped Tour. Uh, you know, the techno punks like Prodigy is essentially what they're getting at. Keith Flint, it's it's been established as a look his entire life. I think there was probably... Uh, a number of punks being parodied in like Pee Wee Herman's morning <laughs> TV show for kids. Yes. At the, by, by this point, that had been uh, 15 years in the rearview mirror. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. What are it's you talking look. about? <laughs> yeah, the, the spiky mohawk was a thing, uh, just a, a well-established trope in all facets of entertainment down to children's cartoons. Uh, I will point out this, though. the he's He's not done with the German... The enormous German sat bewildered on the bed. <laughs> He's like, geez, I, you know, I gained a little weight over the holidays. I'm starting to run again. I, I you know, I, actually, I went to the doctor. I'm, I'm, I, my blood pressure is actually pretty good. Like, the human walrus, his apologies <laughs> fell on deaf ears. <laughs> I mean, I, I am sweating a bit. It's true. It is hard to stay propped on a bed and being bewildered. It does take it out of one. The soaked mattress from the, you know, Titanic man's perspiration sloshed, despite the fact that it was not a waterbed. The long hairs from his third chin fell like chinchilla fur down onto the <laughs> damp mattress as the oil from his sebaceous glands oozed out into it and made a thick slurry of fur. And... God. Well, um, we we get him uh, saying uh, in German, fuck off und die. The man repeated, patting his left palm against his fleshy right forearm. Uh, in case you were wondering that he was just his arms were toned, unlike the rest of him. A crude approximation of the Italian gesture. Brecker was too drained to be offended. And so I'm guessing this is some sort of misdirection. I'm guessing that he's indicating that someone has a tattoo that says that on her arm that he's trying to uh, point out. Right. I, yeah, that was, I don't know. That was my because it ends with him repeating it. Uh, with Becker repeating it as he leaves the room to sort of see it. That's, I don't try to get too far ahead, but I, uh, that's my prediction. Okay. Here, here's the one that I, I don't actually have a comment for this. It just must have struck out to me. I put this down. Knocked, knock etwas. Anything else? Anything to help me find the punk rocker with a ring? There was a long silence. <laughs> it was as if the giant man had something he wanted to say. <laughs> like, again, uh, You've Hello. Es you've established my weight. It was as if the man, the German man, the, I don't know, the, <laughs> the guy, the, you know, the giant man. Yes. Uh, oh, but man. here's one I want to, I want to, uh, test you on. This is my final note on chapter 35. Okay. Uh, Rocio shook her head. That's all, but you'll never find her. Seville is a big city. Okay, then so there's a uh, M dash, and then uh, she has something after that. So I, I'm Rocio, and I say that I say okay. um, you'll never find her. Seville is a big city, and then um, you have to guess what the big. Why city. you'll never find her? Okay, yes, uh, um, it has it has many unmapped back alleyways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it, has, uh, it has it uh, has. Dozens of uh, neighborhood festivals which take place uh, clogging the streets and oh, making there it are hard many. to traverse. In fact, there are many, and there, in fact, there are many going on right now, but that is not what I was referring to, no. Okay. 
Uh, there are uh, many farmers markets where people flock. Oh, to. we are very proud of our farmers markets, and in fact, okay. right now because the produce is very ample, they are quite crowded. And in okay. fact, parking can be an issue, and in okay. fact, crowds can get rather large. But that okay, was good. not well, what I was referring oh, to. God. Uh, there are uh, issues with uh, street signs in terms. It of is navigating. true. We are very. We have a, a, a unique way of doing things here in Seville. I'll just uh, hop into taxis. Though that won't be an issue for me then. No, all. no, sir. This Seville halfway a big out the city. door. It can be very deceptive. <laughs> that's what. That's that's what I was trying to tell you, sir. Uh, uh, big uh, cities can be uh, very deceptive. They. In that they actively they they lie to you. I, I don't look. You have no follow up on that. Let me, talk to the fat man, the enormous <laughs> fat swelling. I don't want to get sweating, too close to him. Gross. He looks hungry. Is <laughs> actually the sweat from his glands right now is actually squirting at a distance of a foot. I'd stay away from him if, if, <laughs> yes, really. if I were you. <laughs> I'm going to enter my hazmat suit before I have to do my dirty work. That, Big well, cities deceptive are deceptive. Cities. Yeah, I that's going to make it tough to. Get out there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's 35. Final chapter. Uh, final chapter is 36. We better bring this home. We're, we're getting long on this one. My God, we are. Uh, chapter 37. I'm sorry, 36. This is back to uh, Susan. She is uh, looking at her screen lock log. We talked about the uh, exciting scenes later. Looking at a screen earlier, screen lock mm-hmm. log. She's double-checking her uh, privacy code. Sure enough, it had been entered properly. Then where, she demanded angrily, did it get a manual abort? So the switches flips back down to idiot. Um, she says the only candidate was Greg Hale, and Susan was quite certain she'd never given Hale her privacy code. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Pretty certain, yeah. I don't think I'd ever give the murderer that, who I hate. Uh, <laughs> did she give it to anyone? Like, you're right. not, like, no one, Right. Right. I'm pretty sure I didn't give it to the pizza guy. Like, no, why would you? No, it's your privacy code. <laughs> um, so she goes over to his computer, and it had this uh, just, you know, again, I do not work at the NSA. I never have. I don't know anyone who has, but it cannot possibly work this way. Cryptographers seldom locked their terminals, except when they left Node 3 for the night. Instead, they simply dimmed the brightness on their monitors, a universal honor code indication that no one should disturb the terminal. That is absurd, right? Not a thing. <laughs> Not a thing. Even if a the head of the NF, NSA was on our podcast right now and he said, no, it's it's really a thing, yeah. I would say, sorry, sir, that is not a thing. I don't believe you, yes. I mean, think about like... You know, my dad, you know, worked at a, his job had, he was a lawyer, but he had a thing in the nineties that was like a LED display. It looked like a calculator and it would just every 15 minutes change, like a log into his computer, you know, it would Mm -hmm. issue a new numerical code, which like he was not working on matters of national security. It was just to sort of protect clients information, I guess. Um, but no, the NSA working on actual terrorism is like not having a, uh, five digit passcode to reenter when you leave your computer. An honor code. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sir, this uh, this uh, Chinese dissident here who uh, washed up on our shore and has no uh, ID and stuff wants to work in our office. Well, he knows our honor code, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, make sure that he's on board with that. And uh, the, have, have the murderer give him the uh, lay of the land here. Uh, he seems right. like a good guy to, to show around. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, 
Uh, yeah, you more often see people complaining about like my company password requires it to be like 14 characters long, this amount of like special symbols. So it's impossible to remember. And then they, you know, Lawrence makes their change it every like 30 days or something like that. Yes, these frustrating. are basic, basic things. Uh, but in the middle of all of this, he, he does another thing that I've noticed is the stating uh, bl- blandly and, and just on its face what is happening. So, and, but he puts it in the mind of his genius 170 IQ people. Uh-huh. She cursed Hale, wondering how in the world he'd gotten her privacy code, wondering what interest he had in her tracer. <laughs> yep, that that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> that's currently on the table. <laughs> it's such a dumb way to rephrase. Yeah, we're you're in the middle of it. She doesn't right. stop and go, huh. Hmm, I'm actively <laughs> hacking into Hale's computer right now. I wonder what he... You're not wondering <laughs> that. You're doing it. Yeah. It's happening. He, the story is unrolling. He stops and has his dumbass people restate <laughs> dumbass things about what's actually happening. And now that I think about it, when Strathmore shook my hand earlier, I don't think he just wanted to grasp my palm. I think it was a <laughs> business uh, Some formality. Sort of a cultural formality, perhaps? <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, she sees that, uh, he has emails to and Dakota, uh, says progress. Digital fortress is almost done. This thing will set the NSA back for decades. And she thinks Greg Hale is N Dakota. And she says, uh, she knew that none of it mattered. Now, all that mattered was getting to Strathmore by some ironic stroke of fate. Tankato's partner was right there under their noses. And I said, no, it's, it's called hackery. Is what it is. It's not. There's no irony here. Right. It's like when uh, when uh, David saw a Salvador Dali painting and he's like, "And I thought I was trapped in a surreal situation." It's like you just the guy, the author put it there to to make the heavy handed idiotic point that like your situation is also sort of surreal. Right. Well, look, you you said that she had to kind of you know get into the uh, into his mails, but he was quite clever. Susan searched his hard drive and eventually found his email folder hidden discreetly inside some other directories. <laughs> so this guy is no dummy. He's putting folders inside of folders. Yes, he's to keep uh, people off of his <laughs> uh, stuff here. So he's, he's not been, only just any given high school boy hiding the uh, yeah hiding the dirty pictures from his parents. Exactly. How many uh, <laughs> Mac folders will my mom click through before she gets tired? <laughs> um. But yeah, but he uh, he he comes back in and she runs to the thing, uh, to the fridge. She opens it like a bowl and uh, he, he thinks she might want some tofu. But uh, when she glances back towards him, he says, what's wrong? And she realizes she'd forgotten to dim his monitor. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Our section ends with a violation of the honor code. Uh, he does ask her, want to share some tofu? <laughs> a sentence that is yes. never resulted in any human ever getting anything yeah. from another person. Man, wow. Well, I mean, just jam packed with with the stuff to talk about. I mean, hilarious to me. I, I, well, that was quite I, something. Yeah, 
I hope he I hope he sticks around. I mean, I didn't it was very easy to find that fanfic. I sort of just scrolled and, you know, stopped randomly and, and found it. So yeah, yeah, but I didn't yeah. see any hails there. So I hope he doesn't get dispatched with. Yeah, I hope not. I'm still bitter about the fanfic. So. <laughs> well, let's do some dumb sentences. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence. Yeah, I don't even know how you do this because they're. They're all so stupid. Yeah. Well, maybe we can uh, leave out the ones that we've already touched on. But we did have a lot of people send them in, so we'll go with the dumb sentences of the week. This was good. Uh, Khan submitted, Transmitting notifications of his kills were part of his assignment, but including victims' names. That, to the man in the wire-rimmed glasses, was elegance. And there's uh, there's after after including victims names there's a dramatic ellipses <laughs> oh wow yeah he says Khan says he's not sure if that works is worth a settle down as much as a get a life <laughs> uh taylor submitted uh, this is rosia the escort we gitanas in addition to having red hair are very superstitious <laughs> uh that's the uh, the culture of the uh of the spanish subset of escorts uh this is from heather i fat and lonely too uh, that is him imitating a German trying to hire a prostitute. Uh, this is uh, Jens submitted Susan saying, I don't get it. Who will guard the guards? We spent a lot of time on that. Uh, David submitted, Numataka hated doing business this way with someone else in charge. He said, I found this enlightening. You would expect successful business people to enjoy their competitors or subordinates running things. <laughs> uh, we also had uh, Tom H. submitted guarding the guards as well. That was very, very popular. Uh, Lan said, I solicit many things, Mr. Becker, but trouble is not one of them. So that was a, uh, nice little wordplay there, um, in terms of the guy immediately tossing that off when being accused of soliciting prostitutes. Right. Augusta, uh, Susan racked her memory trying to remember what code 22 stood for. They said a fine example of the stylish, elegant prose for which Dan Brown is renowned. George submitted the art, Korean art of self-defense Taekwondo proved more deadly than defensive. Uh, I mean, I guess by him saying that it's self-defense, he meant that maybe there was some sort of he got attacked first. But still, it's as clumsy as can be. Yeah, it's uh, super clumsy. You don't get any idea of what actually happens in that exchange. Yeah, exactly. Like, he wasn't, you know, yeah. he, he some fellow Marines were harassing a local citizen and he stood up for them type of thing. Right. Again, uh, easy fix. Uh, Andrew, she was too proud to complain to Strathmore about Hale. It was far easier to just ignore him. Curtis, she pouted lusciously. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> I did too. That's very nice. <laughs> um, Jacob submitted, having an officer fake a German accent and request a girl for the night, it was entrapment. What would they think of next? And he said, I mean, they probably could think of lots of other things more fantastical than that. Posing as a seller or buyer for these type of things is one of the first things an officer might try. Right. <laughs> uh, Sherry submitted, it appeared Ensai Tankado was not the only one who could write unbreakable codes. I, I guess so, but that's in reference to without wax. And so I don't think that David assumed that was going to be unbreakable either. I Jen's, assume since he was like doing flirtatious teasing with it, I would hope he would think that it wasn't <laughs> unbreakable. Right. Yeah, yeah. On her deathbed, she's he's just like, you know, my code's gonna bury you, my love. <laughs> Sorry, we never got together, man, because you couldn't crack it. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, one more. This is from uh, Mike uh, Mike T. Becker realized he should have rehearsed this before brazenly knocking on a stranger's door. 
He said, another brilliant tactical move by one of our genius heroes. <laughs> They're in switch off mode. Remember, they have two modes. True. Yes. Yeah. When, when he's delivering his lectures to standing room only classes, that is his uh, genius mode. My have one. My dumb sentence was from when he's in the lobby of the hotel getting sized up by the stereotype concierge. Becker had no intention of waiting 10 hours for a fat man and a prostitute to wander down for breakfast. <laughs> Said the robot pimp. Yes. <laughs> disdainfully. Uh, uh, all mine were burnt. and they're, Oh, damn it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. There's a lot in, of good a two stuff. two-hour-plus podcast, it's yeah, going to happen. exactly. <laughs> and speaking of two hours pluses, we have... Uh, gone exceedingly long. We'll save some emails maybe for a quarantine mini that we can do next week. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have plenty of time. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, this has been, uh, this has been a good time. I like this. Yes. Very fun. Very fun. I hope there's something. I, I also like that that chapter was early on so we could devote all the time it warranted. I can't wait till the team of, uh, Hale, Midge, and what is his name? Breakmore? Uh, <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> Bre- uh, Brinkerhoff. Brinkerhoff. Until yeah. they like turn into one super being and attack everyone. I can't wait for that. <laughs> right. They have to take down Jabba after the uh, dripped solder on his arm gives him a cybernetic left arm. <laughs> All right, everyone. This is uh, yeah. 372 pages. We'll never get back. Michael Thank J. You. Nelson. Connor here. Bye. So, so long. <laughs>